Hello, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Pie Podcast, where each week we discuss how that food is made in a normal way with no other problems. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and Shepherd's Pie can, in fact, have a crust if it wants. I'm with me, I've got Liam. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Mitch, yeah, you get in there. You don't just let him get I'm away with that. Say, and but... with me, I've got Liam. Hang on. I spoke. It's, say hi. Hey. So apparently we're Go not ahead, Mitch. Do, we're Mitch, not can you say hello? Anymore. Fuck you. Okay. Uh, can you say hello? <laughs> hello. Okay, continue. Go off. I'm going to come in with a quote, and then I'm going to circle back to something that you said. Is it a quote about pie? I wish it was. You know, you need to find someone that can let go, that makes you want to rip your shirt off and show grief your fucking tits and say, you know what? Let's go. There's no way Danny McBride didn't write that line, by the way. Yeah, it was Lori who said that. Lori Strode. And, and uh, what what kind of shepherd's pie was that? Um, It was actually without crust. And incidentally, I made an Instagram poll and... 19 people said that shepherd's pie has crust and oh that's a lot of people, people shit oh 52, 52 people said that it doesn't oh. so you're 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 like it's so, 20 to 70 essentially i've got a lot of counterpoints if you could just let me get in here for a second one it didn't need to be unanimous i was never aiming for unanimous hmm Second of all well actually i believe you said that it does have that and that is the way that is shepherd's pie and we no. can roll the clip. No, we can't. I edit this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to get the clip right now and put it into the mic because I have okay. it on hand. Okay. And then I'll disprove it uh, that I'm being misrepresented. Hmm. Do you have the clip? I'm... Sorry, I'm just pulling it up. Time is money. Yeah, well. Also, uh, you did double down and you voted in a poll that says, does Shepherd's Pie have crust? And you I'd voted, like to make yes. an argument uh, about the poll as well, if you'll, yes. if you'll let me. Don't be a coward because hey, that's hey. the answer. That seems okay. like you kind of doubled down into the... I, I did. I did. Crust. Can I say why? Can I say why? Yeah, go ahead. I did because you were only giving two options in the poll. I was beholden to what you were presenting me with. If you listen to the full 14 minute discussion that we had, it would be obvious that what I'm saying is a shepherd's pie can be made with a crust in the 14 minute discussion that we had, irrespective of whatever clip you're about to play, because I think I know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) What happens over the course of that discussion is that we back you into a corner and you change your mind. No, absolutely not. And I won't accept that. Is as much as pie as anything else? Uh, No. Yes. Not not, not, not usually. I don't think it does. Mac and cheese has crust too. It's just because the pan you cook it in. Mac and cheese doesn't normally have crust, by the way. That's a different thing. You make it in a crust. That's what it is. That's why it's pie. You make it in a crust. That's what it is. That's, that's why, why it's, it's pie. a pie. Yeah, that's where the name came Sounds from. Sounds pretty definitive to me. Sounds, yeah, come on, yeah. bro. Yeah, and you've never been hyperbolic on a podcast in your life? Never once. Never. I don't believe you. Not either of you. Not, Not even like now. Never. Not even so, now. Not even now am I, am I flying so, into exaggeration. If you listen to the full 14-minute discussion... Who's got time for that? Uh, everybody who wants to <laughs> b- believe me and hear out my truth. Uh, 
you will recognize that in actuality, the point that I am making, the correct point, the point that 19 people were on onto is that certainly you can make a shepherd's pie in a crust and it would logically be consistent with, well, why else would it be shepherd's pie if that were not possible? Pie, you know, it's it's built in layers. It's got this whole system to it. So does a shepherd's pie. Now, before anybody pushes back on what I'm saying, am I going to argue that as a baseline foundational fact of the dish in every Canadian household, a shepherd's pie is made in a crust? No, I will not. And I never did. It kind of sounded like you did in that clip, to be yeah, honest. It did, but I don't you've know. You've taken a about, fourteen bro. minute. You've taken a fourteen minute discussion, and you've brought it down to what thirty five seconds, of which I spend only some talking. I don't think that's a fair representation of the entire debate. But here's the thing, Corey. It wouldn't have even been a fourteen minute discussion if Cor- Mitch and I didn't tell you how ridiculous you're being. I don't think it's ridiculous, though. I've sent you a picture. Of a shepherd's pie and a crust that someone bought today. Honestly, I think this has been worked on. I think this is like a this is a fake photo or this is false advertising. Yeah, I think this the game's rigged. Honestly, I don't it believe it. It says shepherd's pie on the fucking package. Yeah, maybe they just switched receipts. There's no receipt in the picture. Sure, they they got a different bag and they put it under this weird apple pie. Do you thing. want the picture of yeah. the shepherd's pie in the bag? Maybe this like coconut cream pie or whatever. Like they just do you want right. the picture? Do you want the picture? Do you want the picture? It's a meringue of the shepherd's pie in the bag. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Well, you're getting it anyway. Hmm. This looks like it's been doctored slightly. How? I'm just I'm just looking at the image and it we'll looks tweet like these. Check out the been... pixels of it. I'm, yeah, I'm just examining the pixels on the text, and it looks as though it's been super on, superimposed. In super post. on what? Mitch? Superimposed in post. How? So ten times fast. Superimposed in post. 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 That was, I think, seven. I know that I wasn't ten, me. but like uh, the, my, the my point's been made. Uh, the fifth was trippingly, but anyway, trippingly. Um, that's not a word. Yeah, it's a word. I think that you guys don't want to concede the fact that the conversation had nuance the entire time. And in the framing of the poll, you've chosen to flatten the discussion to such an extent that the only way I could insist upon the truth of the matter that a shepherd's pie can have a crust was to be framed as though I was saying that every shepherd's pie made by every shepherd on this earth had a crust that's patently untrue and frankly it's patently unfair I and i won't stand a, for it i think this guy has like a victim conflict or complex or whatever you know i mean just i'm being the, attacked guy, for know? my I mean, views your views <laughs> so i'm man. looking at this fine <laughs> yeah my views <laughs> so Corey, <laughs> when when we brought up the crust and the yeah shep- that shepherd's or you brought it up the shepherd's pie and is, sure. is it a you know why is it then that you didn't immediately say, well, hang on, what are we talking about? Are we talking about how it's made in other households? Do you guys have 14 minutes so I can talk about what I think about shepherd's pie? Because it's going to take me 14 minutes in order to talk. Hold about on. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I already you, take issue with why this? Why did you not do that? And instead, you came right out of the gate saying, 
It has a crust. It's a pie. And you doubled down and said that anyone who thinks that it doesn't have crust is a coward. Well, I stand by that because it can have a crust. And if you don't think that, you just aren't so broadening your horizons enough. Not only that, so, but you doubled hey, down and that was an act of war. Will you let me answer? Will you well, let me answer? I feel like you're just butting in and not letting me answer. You weren't asked the question. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So I'll be, I'll be courteous about this one. So I'll take the high road. So Liam, this is a twofold. I have a twofold response for you. One is that even if you listen to the fourteen minute discussion that we had, you'll notice that the entire fourteen minutes is not about shepherd's pie precisely. We get caught in the weeds of cakes and creams and whatnot, um, and other various items. So. Over the course of that time, in that 14-minute window, I needed that time because you you just weren't being open to new ideas. Hmm. The idea that a shepherd's pie could theoretically have a crust. Now, to answer your other question, which is to say, why did I not clarify at the beginning what precisely the the discussion we were having was? And, um, you know, elaborated a little bit later on the finality of what my statement was saying is that well i mean one of those things is better for content than the other one (laughs) it sounds a lot like legalese and let's face it Corey, i just don't crust you anymore hello and welcome back to they made another one where each week we discuss an off forgotten or brand new installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself i'm one of your hosts Corey, and are you the psycho or the freak show and with me, I've got Liam. Boys who keep secrets don't get shepherd's pie for dessert. <laughs> Did you have to pause and think about if you were going to do that or not? <laughs> no, 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 I was good. Oh, it sounded like a pause. Is that just this haunted fucking podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I paused to just consider my life for a second, but I was <laughs> confident about what I was going to do. Mitch, hello. You're also here. You almost weren't here. Yeah, I can't believe it. In the words of Terry, I like milk too. <laughs> yeah we were uh <laughs> and shepherd's pie without crust <laughs> yeah okay That's we were we were gonna record this podcast yesterday actually and and mitch couldn't be here and so it was just gonna be Corey and i but we felt strongly that mitch had to be here for a multitude of reasons uh one of which you've already heard and so we're glad that the gang's all here to talk about halloween ends the other is that Corey's would be generally overrepresented i think if there were two of those and none of anyone else other than liam Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we balance it out now. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's just sort of a wise move on our part. This is by no means our first time talking about Halloween. In fact, I think it's the fourth. Resurrection so, number I think, six. I think it's my second. Halloween and kills. kills. Yeah. So you're yeah. second, Mitch. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to belabor this whole what do you guys like about Halloween kind of discussion because we've had it a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's get right down to brass fucking business, brass tax. Uh, and by brass tax, I mean the most recent movies rather than all of them. Uh, because I feel like this discussion is going to really hinge on, uh, our sense of those like movies as a complete sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so what I do want to ask quickly, uh, is just to give the people, a, a quick assessment of your take on the G- David Gordon Green trilogy up to now. So like your Halloween and Halloween kills assessment. Whoever wants to go first. 
be my guest. I um I have seen them all in the theater. Um, I was very excited for Halloween 2018. I I wasn't a Halloween fan growing up, so I think um, I had seen the original before the 2018 one for sure, and maybe like a couple of the sequels and stuff. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't a massive fan, but I was I was excited that it was getting rebooted. I was really excited to see a new one in theaters for the first time, and. I really liked the the 2018 one. Um, I thought there were so, there's some corny stuff in there, um, like stuff that made me roll my eyes in the theater and kind of took me out of it. Um, some of uh, Laurie's characterization in that movie. There's some uh, uh, some one liners that like Karen has um, at the end. There's uh, some homages to the first movie that. I, I couldn't really decide if I thought they were corny or not. Um, but I've seen I've seen that movie um, a lot since it came out, actually. I've probably seen that one five or six times, and it has just grown on me. Um, I think it has really cool kills. I think it is a clever way to reintroduce Michael Myers to the audience and to uh, the new generation in Haddonfield. Um, even though I'm still not super into the characterization of lori um i i like the the idea of it that she has been um locked down in her house waiting for michael myers to come out thinking about him all day every day i i I do really like that i just think uh there's a bit of shorthand in the movie that that comes across as um as uh maybe a bit lazy um like some stuff got cut lost in the editing process and then it feels lazy. But I I think there are some really cool characters. I love the teens in that movie. There's some really funny, memorable characters. Uh, Julian, who is a little kid who's getting babysat. He's, he's got to be top three characters in the whole franchise for me. I love him. I love, um, I think his name is, is Gibby or Gabe. Um, he's the dude who gets killed by Michael on the fence. I think he's hilarious. He talks about how women were feeding him guacamole in sexy ways. And oh so yeah, that that so Halloween 2018 has become a movie that is just really rewatchable. It has a lot of cool little uh, um, nuggets in it that make it stick out. And I think that's what a a good franchise installment needs when you get so deep into these movies you need those little characters that stick in your mind that make you come back and then if you love the the whole movie entirely that's just a bonus and so those little characters have gone a long way to making me love that movie even though i'm not all the way in on the the entire story and then Halloween Kills, my experience of, with it was documented on the podcast last year i saw it in the theater and i was really disappointed by it um mainly because i felt that it simultaneously took itself too seriously while also trying to be a uh fun gore fest um and i liked the fun gore stuff but i thought that the the thematic layerings on top um while admirable and i and i, and I think it's cool that they're in there um I think basically every other line in that movie is an eye roller. It's kind of the stuff I didn't like from 2018 or from, yeah, from 2018, just uh, doubled over again and again. 
that being said, um, I said on the podcast that I'm still going to rewatch the movie and I still like it like a six out of 10, like it because there are some really great horror scenes in that movie, some really great kill effects. Um, and that's fun to see. And I've, I rewatched the movie about a month ago, two months ago. Um, I was in the mood and I wanted a refresher before this new one. And surprisingly, I came away feeling the exact same way. I, I thought that my opinion would change. It often does when I rewatch movies and, and give them a bit more thought. And it didn't change at all. Everything that made me roll my eyes still made me roll my eyes. Um, I think the characterization of Michael is is what's most uh trips me up the most in that movie he's really a supernatural beast killing firefighters slaughtering the whole town um in one swift go and i thought it was just ridiculous um even though it had some fun stuff and so i was very curious as to where they would go with halloween ends um because it seemed like at the end of kills that they were leaning in a very specific direction and i thought that ends would surely have to reckon with that and it would either um make me like kills a lot more it would it would put the stuff that i didn't like about it in context and explain it or it would keep going with kills and i would still not be on board at all so i was very curious as to what halloween ends was going to do i was super excited for this movie um, and I wasn't sure where I was going to land because I liked the first one so much and thought that they lost their way with the second one. So I was really excited for this. And Mitch, just the sense of sort of where your uh, Halloween reboot, reboot, reboot feelings are at. Yeah, I've actually not seen the 2018 film. It's one that's been like recommended to me many times, but. I saw Halloween Kills and then I saw this one. What an and, unbelievable way to see Halloween Kills. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But uh, so I have no affection for that one. I love the original Halloween. I've seen some of the, like, the other uh, sequels to that one too, like Late Night TV and whatnot, where Michael Myers is just like <laughs> just doing the most ridiculous stuff, driving cars and like, I don't know, all of that. <laughs> yeah, um, driving cars and yeah, I mean he's been driving cars like he drives a car in the since the, the beginning. Um, it's going uh, back to the series roots that Michael Myers drives cars. It is, uh, but he, he does some crazy stuff in, in those kind of like fight buster rhymes. Yeah, those ones and uh, live stream. I didn't like Halloween ends at all. Um, I wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry, not Halloween ends. I meant to say Halloween kills. Okay, I, I misspoke. <laughs> close call they, they sound they sound the same halloween kills halloween ends yeah uh that was a, that was a close call so you're an anti-halloween kills anti-halloween kills whether or not i'm anti-halloween ends remains to be seen um that does make me want to ask uh how do we feel about the naming convention i don't like it I I didn't like it when they announced it. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that Halloween kills like it meant nothing. Like I didn't understand how the words connected. Like Halloween kills is a so holiday, <laughs> right? But you would think it'd be called Michael kills. That I understand. <laughs> how is Halloween gonna kill? And now that I've seen the movies, you know, it doesn't make it make much more sense grammatically. But I think they fit the films really well. Actually, they're. I think of the second one and I think of a whole lot of killing. Now I think of this one and I think of things getting wrapped up. Um, and the first one being the same title as Halloween. Um, 
you know, was obviously I, a nod to Rob Zombie's uh, 2007 I, film. I Halloween. think a much better title for this movie would be "Me and Michael," like the MGMT song. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> We are How many times have you brought that song about this podcast? It's definitely more than one. How <laughs> yeah, I think so. I've heard you uh, talk about it before. Was that just in our real life or was that on the podcast? I don't remember it on any podcast. I don't think I brought it up on the podcast or really in real, real life. I've heard you talk about it. Hmm, okay. I'm not I'm not pulling this from nowhere. All right. I know you don't trust me anymore, but you gotta trust me. I don't trust you. Um I'll say quickly that uh I think Halloween uh, 2018 is pretty cool. I, re- I recall saying when I finally watched it, because I did not watch it in 2018, that I thought it was better than I would have expected it to be, if I'm remembering my own opinion correctly, uh, and that there was a lot of stuff in it that I thought was kind of neat. Uh, and I think it's a really good-looking movie as well. Um, Halloween Kills is dog shit. <laughs> Like Halloween Kills is a frustratingly bad movie in that I think the worst kind of bad movie is a movie that thinks it's saying something profound and just is not. And Halloween Kills is a weird example of one of those in that it's attempting, as Liam said, to both be the gore fest and like really make a statement, especially a mid COVID pandemic like group think mob mentality statement. Uh, I also think it's just a wider political statement about the fact that the U S is just a dumpster fire, but Holy shit. Does it ever not land? Yeah. It's not a good uh, one. No. And it's very poorly executed and everything just feels really weird. And it's all hackneyed sounding. And it, I, it was bad. My expectations heading into this were not high. Uh, Largely just because Halloween Kills lowered the bar pretty significantly from wherever it was. And I know a lot of people aren't huge David Gordon Green Halloween fans, even with the first one, regardless of their take on Kills. So I think kind of like a weird mixed bag. I guess Halloween often ends up in this kind of situation. Like I know the Rob Zombie ones are also quite controversial. Uh, And... I mean, a lot of the post John Carpenter pre Rob Zombie stuff is a real fucking roller coaster of quality. So I guess in in tradition, that's what this trilogy is doing as well. Where were your guys excitement for this one? Expectations aside, were you excited? Uh, I figured the soundtrack was probably going to be good. Yeah, but I mean, that's a kind of a given. Um, I wasn't really looking forward to this movie at all. After the last one, I was kind of I had already uh, written off the franchise in a way. Like I, um, Halloween Kills killed it for me. Kills your enthusiasm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if I hadn't seen the 2018 one and just Kills, I probably probably would have been in the same boat. Dude, but I cannot imagine. Gave me a bit more uh, hope. Just seeing Halloween Kills. Yeah, I hated Halloween. Like, kills. that's just fucking bananas. Yeah. Uh. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. There's stuff about these movies, I think, that are interesting. Again, I, I like how they look a lot. and uh, You know, the music's going to be good because the fucking the Carpenter family band is rolling in. Um, But, you know, I could probably take it or leave it, to be honest. The one thing that made me kind of excited was I saw this the weekend it came out and I still didn't manage to avoid uh 
tweets about the movie, but I did see before I saw the movie that the title card was the Halloween three season of the witch font rather than the font they had been using for the other two. Uh, and that made me interested because I was like, are they going to go that hard? As, as in like, um, make it so separate, like an anthology movie. Not literally, not literally an anthology movie. Cause like Michael Myers face is on the poster. But, like, are they going to take, like, a big, wild, wacky swing? And, like, the potential of that got me a little bit more interested. But that was, like, I saw that tweet the day before I saw the movie. So it's not like that sudden excitement was particularly long-lasted. Um, but I was curious when I saw that they were doing that. Because it's one of those things where it could go either way, where it's, like, it's either a cute nod to the first three movies. Because in each of these movies, they use the font that the original movie used because the Halloween 2 font is slightly different from the Halloween 1 font. Uh, but then the Halloween season of the witch font is like blue, just like aerial italicized text, basically. Um, so now yeah, totally different. Have you guys seen that one? The third one? I haven't. No. And uh, I feel like I probably should at some point, but uh, I've never gotten there. People's it seems like people seem to think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys would really like it, both of you. Um, I think uh, it's a r- really cool. It's it's just an '80s separate '80s movie and uh, kind of an invasion of the body snatchers type. It has um, Tom Atkins, I know who Mitch loves from Maniac Cop and uh, Night of the Creeps. Is he um, the Maniac Cop or is he? No, he's not. He's uh, he's um just a detective dude he's just a guy he's a he's a regular cop yeah not to be confused with the maniac cop which is a franchise we need to check out in the pod absolutely they should make like is there like 12 of those how many i I think there's three yeah at this point i think every horror franchise should have like 15 sequels i'll drink to that brother (laughs) i wish and what better time too i would love a maniac cop reboot yeah but then you would get people on twitter being like why is this movie so woke and it's like oh, i don't want to deal with that actually mm. people would be like oh this movie hates cops blah 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 and it's like it's a movie called maniac cop bro read the label Love that's maniac like cop. being allergic to peanuts as you're eating a bag of peanuts and be like who put peanuts in here it's like bro Yo, I you just did. wanted the brittle, okay? Like, <laughs> put peanuts in here. You put peanuts in my brittle, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the baseline. We're talking about Halloween ends. That shit's over. It's directed by it David Gordon Green, uh, comedy man extraordinaire, uh, The Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down, and then also George Washington, which is not yeah, a comedy. Yeah, well, a lot of drama stuff, too. He also did uh, Joe with uh nick cage drama movie he's just kind of on a con like i know i am much more familiar with his comedy work and by familiar i mean i've heard of it versus i've not heard of it right yeah that's that's when he really uh hit the mainstream and broke through but he started as like a an indie drama guy so yeah he's he's the hits him and the danny mcbride boys speaking of danny mcbride along with david gordon green uh danny mcbride is one of the four writers this movie has it's a lot. Also, I want to highlight something. If you don't know this grammatical quirk to credits, I'm going to teach you. If you're looking at writer credits and there is an uh, ampersand 
they wrote it together. If it's the word and two separate people or groups of people took two separate passes at the script at different times. All of these names are connected by an ampersand. All four of these guys wrote this movie together. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you've got David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, who needs no introduction, but has worked with David Gordon Green on The Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down, Your Highness, and also Halloween and Halloween Kills. Uh, and then there's Chris Bernier, who didn't really have any credits to note, and Paul Brad Logan, which is just three guys in a trench coat. Um, who who worked on a movie called Manglehorn, which David Gordon Green also did. So David Gordon Green basically just brought the boys with him. I wonder how that decision gets made because those um, writers, besides Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, those two others, they are, are not credited on either much. of the other two. No, like, or much of, else at all. Yeah, <laughs> and so what happened to the dudes who helped with... The first Halloween has a different third guy and then yeah. Halloween Kills uh, also has a different third guy. Jeff Fradley yeah. wrote on the first one. And then the other one is Scott Teams. Uh, Scott Teams was probably just too busy doing Firestarter. I guess so, eh? I would I, I would be interested to to hear how that how that worked out. Um, yeah. that they changed people around. Well, maybe they wrote them in short succession, so like everybody was like like Danny McBride and David Gordon Green was like, Hey, any of you guys want to write a Halloween? <laughs> and then they just like rotated that extra chair. Who knows? Who could say? We'll have to ask David Gordon Green when he comes on the podcast. Uh, yeah, he'll be on in about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He got stuck in an Uber um, because the driver won't stop asking him questions about Shepard's Pie. Uh, this movie is based on characters created by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. It is edited by Tim Alverson, who edited the last two Halloween movies in this series, as well as the aforementioned 2022 remake of Firestarter, which we should probably also do. Uh, the Forever Purge, Sinister 2, and Bullet to the Head. Cinematography is by Michael Simmons. Also, this trilogy of Halloween movies and The Righteous Gemstones and Vice Principals and also Paranormal Activity 2 and some whitest kids you know sketches uh and the music john carpenter cody carpenter daniel davies big three uh obviously this trilogy of movies and also that firestarter remake actually has a soundtrack by them as well which i didn't know but that's cool um i don't i didn't really bother getting credits for them because it's fucking john carpenter man (laughs) like the man needs no introduction. I mean, it's the same reason I didn't give Jamie Lee Curtis any credits playing Laurie. Everybody knows who Jamie Lee Curtis is. Yeah, you've all seen the remake of Freaky Friday, you know. Yeah, you've all seen Prom Night 1. Actually, I watched that recently. Prom That's Night what I'm 1 saying. You've, all, you've all seen it. Which one, Mitch? Prom Night 1. What'd you, Did you think? Like it? I thought it was all right. All right? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that one. I didn't really um, like it that much. Like, it was okay. Uh, I like the disco elements. Um, yeah, but the I just what? didn't. The disco elements. Oh, like, yeah, big disco? time disco core. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's huge disco vibes. What fucking year is it? 1980. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, disco still loom large. Yeah, I like the disco elements. I wasn't really engrossed in the mystery, and I think they didn't really play it up that well. Some of the characters were really fun, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty mid-slasher because it really just focuses a lot on those characters and those relationships, but I don't think it does so in a meaningful way that engrosses you in the mystery. So I was just kind of so-so on it, but I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. Nice, dude. And you can skip the remake, oh my by the God. way. Dude, Prom Night 2 is so good. Can't wait. Holy shit. What year is I, it? 1985? Okay. Six? So they didn't wait like too long. Seven. 1987. They waited a while. Okay, that is a while. Uh, it's also basically unrelated. <laughs> That's fine with me. And it's got Michael Ironside. I do love the character Slick in Prom Night 1. He's the guy who drives like the, the van. <laughs> no Slick to be found. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I wish that he was the only connective tissue. Yeah. Dude, uh, Prom Night 2 is leg- legendary film, legendary episode of this podcast. Uh, we got a new guy showing up. <laughs> uh, Rowan Campbell is Corey. Corey? He, you just Corey. can't trust that Corey guy, you know? he's Next thing you know, he's going to say Shepherd's Pie has crust or something. This isn't oh, going to be no. confusing for podcast discussion at all. I'm going to think people are talking to me the whole time. I spent the whole movie going, what? Hello? Because I thought they were talking to me the whole time. I almost got kicked out of the theater. It would at least it would help if you guys had different spellings of your name. Well, he know. spells it the right way. That's, That's right. The, thing. the untrustworthy only, way. The correct. Why is everything way. the right or the wrong way with you? You made it that way with the fucking poll. We're not. It's all right or wrong unless you got fourteen minutes. Then Corey will tell you about the intricacies of the yeah. name Corey. Cover his uh, ass with nuance. <laughs> Cover his ass with the nuance is such a funny sentence. Just spread that nuance all over that uh, ass. This is fascinating. Rowan, Rowan Campbell. I'm also assuming it said that way because I'm assuming it's not Rohan. I'm assuming it's Rowan. Rohan. He, there is a reboot of the Hardy Boys and he is stars in that. Who does he play? Uh, the the older the Hardy boy. I think Frank is the older of the two. I think so. My favorite was always Chet, even though he's like... I guess not one of the hardies. Okay, but. were we? I know that we have a lot of podcasts to get to here, but were we all Hardy Boys readers? Yes, <laughs> I was. Yeah. Oh hell, yeah. fucking yeah! I'm totally dude. down to to watch some episodes of the show and, and do also, an episode. I'm correct. Uh, Frank is the older one. Joe yeah. is the younger one. Uh, it's got a bit of a CW show kind of look look to it from what I can tell, sort of looks a bit like Riverdale-y, Stranger okay. Things-y. I, I wouldn't expect anything else, honestly. No, like if you're going to capitalize like on... Well, and yeah. when they rebooted Nancy Drew, didn't they do basically the same thing? I think so, yeah. Also, it's cool that we got new Hardy Boys and new Nancy Drew. I just think that's nice. That is cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I don't know where this is playing. Uh, the Hardy Boys show is on Hulu, which is probably why we had never heard of it. Oh, and in Canada, it's on a YTV. <laughs> Are you serious? Dang, dude, I that's the fucking... wrong time to cancel cable. That's awesome, though, that like kids can turn their TV on and get a Hardy Boys show on YTV. That's dude, massive. that's yeah. really cool. YTV is kind of like Canada's uh, Nickelodeon, if people don't know. And then Nancy Drew had a show. Was it a show in 2019 or a movie? Um, TV show. Yeah, I think both. Like there was also an unrelated uh, movie that um, Sophia Lillis from It was in. Yeah, the TV show is separate from that. 
and it had like it's almost got like a like a it's it's leaning into the horror angle a lot more which i thought was interesting like it looks like aesthetically i'm basing this off of stills and what i remember of images but it like wanted to be scary which i think is kind of interesting that's my impression of it uh, i'm down it, i'm i'm down for also, a nancy drew hardy boys combo episode it was also apparently literally a cw show so i support it they've got the market i'm a riverdale fan and then i believe the sophia lillis one was tonally lighter it looked that way from the posters i saw terrible posters the poster i'm looking at right now it is uh it looks like i made it in 25 minutes (laughs) but if i if i remember correctly it is directed by the director of the rage carry 2 what yeah pull that up for me make sure oh my god jamie pull that up jamie how was there a separate movie in 2019 while a tv show was ongoing oh my god it is cat shay maybe nat and c drew became like public domain or something what wow we got to do a uh, crime kid month now. Hmm. Oh my god, crime kid month. Who else? Who were the other Catch crime kids? Kid? <laughs> and then just Cody Banks again. I don't know. Would Catch That Kid apply? Mitch, was there a sequel to Catch uh, That Kid? Be, let me just so. look. I feel like there's got to be a sequel to Catch That Kid. And if not, we got to reboot it with Wait, I don't uh, think there is. Kristen Stewart as the the adult version of that character. Catch there, that is a, kid. there is a novelization, there is no sequel. The novelization counts. We we review so the book on the podcast. God, Kristen Stewart and fucking Corbin Blue, dude. I had such a crush on Kristen Stewart in that. Movie. We all did. Yeah. We're oh, human. Gosh. That poster is kind of badass. It's like a Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're on the third actor. We gotta go here. James Jude Courtney is uh, the shape, aka uh, Michael Myers. Uh, Will Patton is frank he's in the postman dude every time i've seen one of these new halloween movies in theaters i see the name will Patton, and i keep thinking it's will poulter you guys know who that is a much younger actor i like him i really like him and i I like will poulter a lot and so every time i see it i'm like oh they got that guy in this movie he's gonna play a new character and then every movie i wait for him to show up and And then i eventually realize talks about cherry blossoms for 45 minutes and it happened again dude i saw the Corey name and i was like oh that's a new character and then i saw will Patton, and i was like oh will poulter that's gonna be new new characters yeah yeah um He's also on that show Yellowstone, which is like the most popular show on television right now, which is fascinating to me because it's like sort of a Western. Like, I just think that's interesting. Uh, Jesse C. Boyd is Officer Mulaney, a.k.a. Doug. Uh, He was in Liam, Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase. So I did know it existed. I just didn't clock it when I was writing credits down. I just (laughs) autopiloted straight through it. That's awesome. He was also on Mindhunter. Uh, Michael Barbary is Terry, a.k.a. New Jersey incarnate. Uh, he was in The Dark Tower. <laughs> hey, what you doing in my car, you freak show? I like milk. Uh, Destiny Moan? M-O-N-E? I guess it must be Moan. Uh, plays Stacy. Joey Harris plays Margot. And this is my favorite name we've maybe ever had. Billy is played by 
Martine. M-A-R-T-E-E-N. That's the entire name. Just one name? What is he, Seal? It's the kid. Uh, they have the, the mullet and like the bleached eyebrows. Martine. That's awesome. Yeah, they... Uh, they're in something called Martine. This shit sucks. With an I think it's a music video. It must be right. Must I'm be. assuming. I feel like you can't have a look that distinct and just be an actor. Because I feel like it would make it harder for you to get cast in things if you didn't also have some sort of other identifiable chops. But I, I just want to give a shout out to Martine. You can't have a name that distinct and not be a, a Latin R&B singer or something. <laughs> Like Enrique Iglesias featuring Martine. <laughs> uh, we've got Joanne Barron as Joan, who is in the eyes of Laura Mars. I love that movie. Just a weird connective tissue there. Um, also Spider-Man 2. So we've got movies for everybody. We've got Rick Moose playing Ronald and then Michelle Dawson as nurse deb who i spent the whole movie thinking was a different actress and it was driving me fucking crazy uh and then i eventually realized that i was wrong uh have you guys watched i think you should leave yeah uh mitch i spent the whole movie thinking that that was the actress who was like sitting at the table like writing instagram captions about her friends but she's like we're just here like eating pig shit like i said the whole whole movie thinking that's who that was that's funny and that's not who it is um kyle richards plays Lindsay. jackson goldenberg is jeremy and then jack william marshall and candace rose are mr and mrs allen so this movie i've accidentally closed my uh tab with the plot in it because i looked up catch that kid in that tab so so this movie starts one year after the first remake movie no not one year after evil dies Corey, can i can i cut you off for one second yeah, I, I would have done it earlier, but I, I was uh, I was peeing. To be honest, I stepped away. Um, you missed a uh, an essential member of the of the crew of the cast of the and crew? crew. That's right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to stop you right right halfway through, but it is of the crew. You missed an essential member. Who? The transportation captain of this movie. Okay. <laughs> is named Corey Price. What? Corey spelt the correct way. What? Transportation captain. How did... Well, hold on. Where did you spot... Did you spot this in the theater or did you spot no, this on IMDb? No, no. I was just... I was watching the credits and I saw it. Are you it. serious? Yeah. Transportation captain. Corey Price. I'm seeing if this is on the IMDb now. Incredible. It's not. Because I wanted to look up my other credits. Yeah, you could put it on there. because It's accurate. I swear. This... uh. This movie is rife with Corey. Maybe they named Corey Cunningham after the transportation captain. What did you say, Mitch? So that must be why I hate it. (laughs) He can't hold it in any longer. Okay, Uh, get through your plot and then we'll get to Mitch. Yeah, so Corey Cunningham is uh, babysitting a kid who wants to stay up and fuck around and watch the thing on Halloween. (laughs) He wants to fuck around and find out. Yeah, this kid wants to fuck around and find out. <laughs> We're going to spoil this movie, by the way. We should tell oh, people. Oh, yeah, obviously. So yeah. it's Halloween 2019. It's one year after the ha- the events of Halloween. <laughs> and it's Halloween night again. 
and um, he's dealing with this kid named Jeremy and his parents were kind of strict with the rules because he's scared of the dark and shit. Uh, but he's like, actually, I'm just going to stay up and fuck around and like, can we watch the thing? And they're they're like vibing and they get into a bit of an argument. And this kid is like, you know what? I'm going to show Corey who's boss. You, you're <laughs> ugly, blah, blah, blah. And he locks hit Corey in the attic. And he's like, hey, man, you got to let me out of here. <laughs> and he's like banging on the door. He's wailing on the door. He's like, your parents are going to come home. We're all going to get in trouble. I'm not a babysitter. I mow your guy's fucking lawn. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. Let me out of here. And then <laughs> he's yelling. He's, he tells the kid that he's going to he's going to bash Kill his fucking head in. Yeah. He's like screaming that he's going to kill this kid while trying to get out of the attic. And as the parents are coming in, all they hear is like yelling about how badly he wants to kill their kid. Oh, yeah. He was going. He was like, I'm going to dismember your body and put different pieces of you in different lakes. It was incredible. And then uh, he finally kicks the fucking attic door open and it hits the kid so hard. <laughs> he flies over the railing and falls several stories to the ground. And this and family fucking in a big spot. Up. Dude, and this family lives in like an eight story <laughs> mansion. Like that kid dropped. <laughs> so so this kid locks Corey in the attic and then Corey kicks the door open so hard. He, he, fl- he flies over 45 stairs. <laughs> and, and he hits the ground so hard his little body explodes that's right and, and his parents come in and they're like were you just screaming about killing my son and now my son is dead so right after a the fair conclu- like a fair thing to be concerned about given yeah. the circumstances they had reason to believe that Corey killed their son now uh we know it was an accident and uh the cops eventually, the legal system eventually agrees that it was an accident, or at least they cannot prove that he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But because this was immediately after the Michael Myers fiasco of it all, people sort of immediately identify him as some sort of creep psycho. Uh, yeah. Who wants to kill kids. <laughs> some sort of creep psycho. <laughs> that was the alternative name of the song Psycho Killer by Talking Eds. <laughs> Originally, it was Creep Psycho. They realized it didn't fit uh, rhythmically all that well. Creep Psycho is the best friend of Club Shido. <laughs> <sighs> so, so, uh, four years pass, uh, from then. No. Three years pass from then. It's four years total because it's 2022 in the movie. Right. Yeah. So, uh, everybody has just sort of readjusted to an approximation of a normal life in the meantime Lori has moved into a house with Allison who uh, whose mom died at the hands of Michael Myers the last movie and she's like working at the hospital and then Lori like went to therapy and found like healthy coping mechanisms and is writing a memoir like and pie well, I was baking a good old-fashioned pie. Corey, let me ask you. When you were watching that scene, um, did you think, oh, look at that burnt, crusted pie. That might be a shepherd's pie. Did you ever consider that, or did you know that it wasn't a shepherd's pie? I knew good and well it wasn't a pie because she was clearly making a dessert pie. Mm, that was the only thing that tipped you off. It wasn't the crust. No. Well, you can't definitively say that the crust isn't a shepherd's pie. <laughs> Shut the right. fuck so, up. Well... <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So uh, everybody is sort of trying to readjust to this like post Michael Myers era. There have not been annual 
well, I mean, there was one where a kid died, but... Yeah, everyone's struggling to adjust to life without Jeremy. <laughs> a pillar of the community. Yeah, I bet, dude. Uh, everybody is really like, damn, I miss Jeremy. Jeremy was so cool. Jeremy helped me with my homework. He helped me find my dog when my dog was lost. He was really good at sliding down staircases really fast, which is sort of ironic when you yeah. think about it. Eight stories at a time. Um, yeah, he just sort of... <laughs> he sure made an impact, that Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy was a really big fan. Liam, do you know about soaps? Like yeah. the shoes that you grind with? Have we talked about those oh, on the podcast before? No. Soaps no. were like soapstone shoes that were meant to sort of be like rollerblades and you could grind on rails with your shoes. Oh, that's sick. Me and my friends used to do that, but we I don't think any Did of us had Did you just wax your shoes or like what? Didn't wax them. We would do it in the winter when the, when the rails uh, were like slippery. When it was most dangerous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, look up soaps, everybody, while you're watching my scooters video. Um, so everybody is just sort of like attempting to healthy, healthily readjust to having suffered trauma and i know some people listening might roll their eyes and go good i'm glad that we're getting another horror movie made in the 2020s and late 2010s about trauma because they're all just sort of about coping with trauma trauma and this movie isn't not that um but you know the the interesting thing that this movie does is that in this adjustment period, there's like some family tension, essentially, because Corey is trying to adjust, but he's been branded what we know to be unfairly on account of not having murdered the kid on purpose um, as some sort as of as, freak, know. as some sort of freak psycho uh, and is facing a lot of like just community criticism and bullying and heckling and uh, angry teens and whatever. Uh, and Lori is more or less adjusting well, but it's still sort of pegged as like the the Michael Myers weirdo. And in one particular circumstance, is accosted in public for having sort of provoked Michael Myers' ire. And then uh, we see a character from Halloween Kills who's been like permanently debilitated as a result of Michael Myers' related injuries, and sort of dealing with that now. I'm going to be slightly vague here just to say if you don't want the entire rest of where this is going, the gist of it is that Corey gets increasingly involved in the lives of Lori and Allison and then, you know, things develop. Uh, If you were here only for the Shepard's Pie discussion and haven't seen the movie yet, you can stop now. Um, If you're here for the movie discussion... Um, what happens with Corey is that he starts a bit of a burgeoning relationship with Allison that is prompted after Lori helps him fight off some teens and then takes him to the hospital because he cut his hand open, squeezing a milk bottle so hard that he was in such rage. I like him too. Ch- child killing rage that uh, he s- cut his hand clean wide open. And Corey and Allison bond over essentially feeling unfairly maligned by the community and unfairly defined by bad shit that has happened to them and sort of hating Haddonfield and having a very we're in our early to mid 20s, but teenage kind of angst of we just need to get the fuck out of here and away from these people that don't respect us. And that is running up against Lori's kind of healing process of having a very idyllic sort of set of domestic circumstances that can help her kind of readjust to some sort of normalcy and the thing that sort of causes an issue with all of that uh 
is Corey, though, for all we know, did not kill that kid on purpose. The way he's being treated is creating in him a kind of anger that maybe he's willing to act violently upon. And so there is a series of incidents where he's sort of being threatened by people or approached by people. And those develop into fights. Uh, At one point, he just straight up murders a guy under a bridge. And what ultimately comes of this is that Michael Myers is living in the sewers, like some sort of freak weirdo, (laughs) some creep psycho, some sort of creep psycho freak weirdo. And, um, seems to have some sort of influence on Corey and what he's choosing to do. And there's some sort of driving force behind his choosing to act on this violence natural while he's also sort of has this burgeoning relationship with Allison. All of that kind of comes to a head in sort of a final confrontation as Michael Myers gets increasingly involved. I kind of want to stop my plot synopsis there so it doesn't get too rambly. And then we can get into what we thought and then sort of get into the rest of it as we go. I think that's probably the right approach. That's fine with me. Uh, Then you're up, buddy boy. Uh, Liam has chosen to go last. So so Mitch, you are setting the bar here. Did you or did you not like Halloween uh, ends? Oh, you're gonna give the guy a binary? At least give him 14 minutes to probably. Yeah, okay, okay. Actually, no, no, no. Let me let me change the question. Let me change the question. See, I'm flexible. I'm like you. Um, what did you think about Halloween Ends? Better, better. Yeah, you're you're learning. It's um, better, or the question's better. That's a yes or no. See, I'm learning. Yeah, okay. Um, what did you think about Halloween Ends? Yeah, I didn't like this movie at all. Um, like I hated this movie. Um, I don't know if I hated it more than Halloween kills, but I thought it was a deeply flawed movie. I think there were things that it was reaching for that were really good. I like the way that it starts. I thought the set piece with the kid and everything that was great, but as it went on, it's too long. It's too, um, like verbose. Uh, it wants to do a lot of things and I don't think it does a lot of it very well. I think like the relationships, are not that interesting to me especially the romantic ones but also uh like the the granddaughter grandmother relationship at work with Lori. um it's that's all bad i think it's an example of a franchise being overwritten it feels derivative of other things and it's an example of a series that's kind of written itself into a corner and it's groping for themes and ideas to explore at the bottom of a depleted well like it's it's i think a franchise that, that to me feels kind of dried up. Like this doesn't feel like Halloween to me. The shades of Henry portrait of a serial killer, I think are the main performance, but the main performance to me is kind of weak. Uh, is that the main performance? Do you think? Well, Corey. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think he's third they... build. Oh yeah. I think that's just uh, them that's being crafty. Already... You know, they, they didn't put him on any posters cause he's not going to sell tickets, but um, I think, I think he's the main character. I think he's hot enough to sell. <laughs> like this doesn't feel like a refreshing sort of breath of, of, of fresh air into this franchise, even though it's like clearly thinks that it is it, at 50 minutes in, into this movie, it already felt long and cumbersome and it was devoid of the things that you kind of expect from this franchise. Um, that's why it has the Halloween three season of the witch font. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, they warned you. That's like that's so nuanced, though. You know, 
I'm more yeah. of a I'm more like a, a podcast. <laughs> you would need to have nuance right now. That, that font color is a massive um, club shit. Over. I thought the whole collab <laughs> thing with Michael Myers and the way that, it literally is the way that this film sort of like tries to like embody evil and make parables about it and reference that Nietzsche quote that everybody thought was deep in high school. And uh, what quote is that? If you st- if you stare long into the abyss, you know the abyss right. you st- stares back at you. Um, it's shit in the abyss that shits into you this is just like a hopefully listless movie it feels like it's been adrift for a long time and i don't think that it really finds land and grounds itself as a halloween movie i just i hate this movie i hate the dialogue that especially like the bit where laurie is like on like that chair rocking and talking to Corey. like i just I kind of hate everything about this movie. I think Michael Myers kind of deserve better if this truly is the end. Um, it's way too long and it's just kind of completely ass after the first scene, in my opinion. There's there's some interesting kills maybe, but uh, I don't like any of like the set pieces that much. Some of it made me laugh, but um, it's not a Halloween. It, I, I just, it feels bad to me, you know? Mitch, can you give us a quick... Um over or under on halloween kills if you like this more or less i haven't decided yet um i think okay, it's I, I, I feel like you have to watch halloween 2018 before you decide i would that. watch this i think before halloween kills but it's a pretty narrow margin um i don't i like them i sorry i, I kind of dislike them <laughs> for for different reasons okay okay so me Take it away, Corey Cunningham. It's the biggest fan. Maybe. <sighs> Liam, I've got great news. You're getting what you want. <laughs> oh, what is off. it? I am a Halloween Ends apologist. <laughs> oh. Um, I like this movie. <laughs> wow. So so what Corey is saying there is uh, earlier today in our group chat, I said that uh, I want Mitch to be on this podcast Um because it makes it more likely that there will be differing opinions on the podcast. And I think it'll be fun if we have differing opinions, even though I think the Halloween Kills episode was great. We all disliked it. But I thought this is a divisive movie. It'll be fun if we all feel differently. And uh, Corey said before we started recording that he thinks we won't all feel differently. You were saying that when there's a divisive movie, uh, you think we we, we often... Uh, have felt the same in the yeah, past. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't each check other? our. I didn't check our record. I may be pulling that out of my ass, but my gut said that. Yeah. So you thought Mitch would like this movie, and you, I did. And you think that I'll like this movie? I do. Oh, okay. Uh, I, th- I, I thought you meant it in the opposite way. I thought you meant you think we're all going to not like it. No, interesting. I, now, that doesn't mean I'm not prepared to critique the fuck out of this movie because I am. Because uh, I don't think it's all good. I think. The best thing about this movie is that it's weird. I am grateful for the fact that this movie is weird. This movie makes ridiculous, arguably bad decisions um, about its core premise in terms of like, hey, man, you're going to alienate a lot of fans. You're going to alienate a lot of people that are here for one thing and kind of getting something else. Um, I don't want to commend anything strictly for being subversive because that's not inherently interesting, but I have to just be honest and say that I think that Corey is an interesting character to me. And I think the performance is really good. And I think that the, 
the series, this chunk of the series is finally finding some kind of coherent footing in terms of something that it's trying to say. It feels like it spent so much of Halloween kills grasping for some kind of like greater purpose or like intelligent thought about, you know, society today and like the nature of group anger and how we misguidedly take it out on things that we don't understand or like hate instinctually. And I don't think any of that really worked, but I also don't think that that's here. I think they've made the wise decision to individualize that experience. I think one of the bigger problems with Halloween in general and certainly from movie to movie is that, so you have this understanding that Michael Myers is evil incarnate. They say that a lot across a lot of movies. Um, But it has this weird philosophical conversation where it never feels like it's made a decision on whether Michael Myers is evil incarnate because he is a physical embodiment of evil and then once that is defeated, that is like an accomplishment or like something has been overcome or if it's representative of evil that comes out in people and is a more conceptual kind of thing. I feel like in Halloween Kills, like Liam said, it's almost supernatural. And I think that in that case, they were making an argument that it, it was more literal like he's basically just the devil and i don't think that's that interesting what this movie does do that i do think is really interesting is that they take an individual set of circumstances and say that that i think the movie saying that Corey is a product of a particular environment and being ignored do i necessarily think that it's making a lot of like salient points about that on a super deep level maybe not we'll get into it but i think to make a decision where a character has such a direct but passive relationship with michael myers where like seemingly he's giving like instructions but i like the idea that there's like a social force and like an evil force like acting upon somebody and is changing what they're like because we see him at the beginning and we see him at the end And that there's actually something about a character going on, whereas Halloween Kills just sort of felt like sort of like a like a haunted house theme park ride. But occasionally it wanted you to feel like you were reading a philosophy book and that was boring. Uh, I liked the new character introductions. I think it maintains some stylistic elements that I enjoyed from the previous movies. I don't know if I'm particularly interested in the the Laurie angle. And if this is the last one with Jamie Lee Curtis, which it almost certainly is, maybe they sort of fumbled that bag. But overall, the movie's weird and it's interesting and it's doing stuff that I think is cool and that I wouldn't have anticipated. And I am glad that it's something that I can think about a bit more and didn't just make me inherently angry the entire time. Uh, so whether I'm going to go down in history as saying Halloween ends is a great movie. I don't know. And I don't think so, but do I like it? Did I enjoy it? And do I think it's got some stuff going on? Yeah, I do. Wow. That was really good. Corey. That was, thank uh, you. yeah, that was, that was a great one. <laughs> I also haven't read anybody else's reviews, so I have no idea if m- multiple people feel this way or not. <laughs> I've seen a lot. Uh, I didn't. I hadn't seen anything beforehand. I waited until I, I was 
pretty sure where I stood. And then I, I dove in and you're, you're right that it's, it's been very divisive. Yeah. Um, most of what I've seen is, is negative is, is, uh, is negative. Okay. A, a lot of hatred, like, like, I've seen real seen some really upset people and not just like upset random Halloween fans. I've seen a whole lot of upset uh like um critics who are big fans or or people in uh you know in the industry who uh you know like work at like physical media companies or um uh are screenplay writers or anything i've seen a lot of a lot of negative stuff and i i've seen i've seen positive stuff too um but i've i've seen mostly negative on my okay. feed yeah uh i had seen a a smattering of things i tried to avoid as much of it as possible i will say though the first thing i saw about it that wasn't the title card was positive so maybe that that's just interesting um i also fo- uh, follow at least one person who went to the theaters to see it three times wow uh, but i unmuted some terms after i saw the movie i did not mm. read anybody's reviews until we talked about it because i'm always a little bit nervous about reading reviews and then unwittingly just saying something that somebody else said that i read that's fair yeah i've I've been there i also haven't read a single thing about this movie yeah so liam you're the decider on what the overall tmao assessment of halloween ends is Mm. do i have a a partner or uh or an enemy am i a traitor do i stick with my uh crustless potato bro or do i go back to uh who i started it all with the podcast my my halloween resurrection homie may i phrase it as a question yeah liam what did you think about halloween ends i i had a lot of thoughts watching this movie um a lot of feelings. I, and they were very distinct from the feelings I had watching 2018 or, or Halloween Kills. Um, okay. Like early on in Halloween Kills, I was like, oh, something something is off here. Something is wrong. This, There's something rotten in the state of yeah, Denmark. Yeah. This doesn't <laughs> feel like the last one felt. Um, it. This feels... Uh, that movie did immediately feel off, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Even with the... It starts with the flashback, which which a whole lot of people praise, the flashback to the original one. And I, nah, I think it feels kind of hokey and pointless. Um, and so this one to have it start with characters i didn't recognize mm. it, halloween 2019 so so we're back in time in the halloween night that we had seen previously so it could have gone in any any direction and i knew that this was going to take place in 2022 um i think i had i had read that piece of news you know when they announced it a year ago or something so i knew that this was a cold open that was then going to flash forward and i thought okay we're going to get some sort of additional context that they they saved from Halloween Kills. Something else happened that night that we need to know. It's a about. different night, is it? Twenty eight. Oh yeah, it would be a movie. year a year yeah. later. You're so right. A year you're right. later, and then uh, that kid takes a hilarious fall down nine thousand right, right, right. stairs. Yeah. So so I guess I was thinking, um, <laughs> what do we need to see that we that, what context was missing? And yeah, the answer what, is what kind context of none? was missing. Why do we not? <laughs> yeah. Well, we everyone needed to know what happened to Jeremy. Why is the town so <laughs> depressed? Um, Halloween I, Kills is about what happens when you know you're about to lose Jeremy. <laughs> no, Jeremy. <laughs> 
so no so I was, I was very interested as to why this was starting the way it did and taken on its own that opening that doesn't feature michael myers at all and i was surprised that it did int um i think that i was confused and i i just did my math wrong and i think i i was thinking it was the same night as halloween kills you're right that it isn't um but even if it even if it isn't i mean and and someone is watching it and knowing that it's a year later like they should i think it's still a fair assumption to think michael might show up because he he, he that's right he went missing at the end of halloween kills and so maybe he's gonna pop in he's gonna off Corey and jeremy real quick and then he's gonna dip out um, so I was expecting Michael somewhere. And when it didn't happen, um, and this turns out to just be um, a horrifyingly, to me, like realistic, unfortunate happenstance, um, I, I was floored. I was so shocked when Jeremy went flying over the stairs and we see his bloody body. Blood, oh, my gosh. I watched this with, with my partner, and she said that was the most um like incredible moment she can ever recall seeing in a theater like she we were we were absolutely just blown away neither of us were expecting it and the way that it happens can i cut in quickly with Mm -hmm. one thing yeah um in the theater i saw it in a theater with very few people because i saw it in like the middle of the day and i i've never i outside of my own control i audibly said oh my god (laughs) Like out yeah. loud. Yeah, I think like, I, I didn't did even too. notice I was doing it. Like I yeah. just said it. Like I think I think this cold open is is incredible. I think it is it is up there with some of the great cold opens in in horror movie history. Uh, and it doesn't even need to belong to a horror movie. Like kind of to Mitch's point, saying this doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. This could set up any other type of of movie. You know, a, a drama movie, a thriller movie. A comedy crime movie, right music. a comedy, yeah. Um, so this started, and I was just like, okay, this is this is different. This opening had no characters we recognize. Uh, what's going to happen here? And then the credits start, and this character Corey is is third build. He's right up there, and I had no idea this character was going to be in this movie. And now he's credited right at the beginning, so I know that this isn't just going to be a tertiary uh, vignette, and so I. I'm so curious to see where this movie is going to go from here. And um, as it was unfolding, I love that I still don't know how you feel yet. <laughs> this is the tension building is off. <laughs> Me the too. This is a wild ride. <sighs> as it was unfolding, I was um, on the edge of my seat. Sometimes because moments were tense, like there's some wide shots of darkness where I'm looking around. I'm like, where is Michael? He hasn't shown up in this movie yet. What am I supposed to be looking for? Um, But besides that, I was on the edge of my seat just wondering where the movie is going to go. What is its plan? And um, in, I'd say, the second half or maybe the second this the you know the final third or something um i started it by then you know it was kind of clear where the movie was going and i was a bit deflated um not because i disagreed with where it was going but because i was so into it the first half and Corey's story i was totally sold i was invested in this this character drama i loved the guy's performance Hmm. and like Corey, i loved how weird of an approach this was um 
And so I thought once Corey really starts, uh, you know, becoming the evil and killing people, um, yeah, I really liked that that that's what happened, and I really liked that we spent so much time with him before it happened. It felt like what I was what I was missing in Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween Two. Um, I, and I like those. I like those movies. I liked Halloween Two more though because the first Halloween is kind of an origin story about how Michael Myers becomes Michael Myers. And it doesn't feel earned to me. It doesn't feel deep. It doesn't feel real. Whereas this, I think, uh, feels a lot more real to me as to how this character gets to the point he gets to. And it just felt like it was missing a little bit of connective tissue that made me feel it all the way. Um, Ditto for the way things end up unfolding with Laurie. And uh, once Michael is introduced to the story and the way he's dispatched, I thought um, this isn't entirely selling me the way I want it to. And I saw this movie a week ago and I've been thinking about it since it's then. Been. Um, <laughs> it's been one week uh, since he looked at me. And I got to say, one week out, thinking about this movie, turning it over in my head, coming away, I'll say I can't, I came away liking it, but not loving it. Um, and now it's been a week, and I think I can confidently say, without having seen it a second time, that I love this movie. Let's go! Oh, <laughs> I These characters, both new and old, in this movie, have been living in my head this entire week they feel so real to me and the stuff that i i thought didn't feel earned that felt a bit cheesy that felt like it moved too fast stuff like um allison being infatuated with Corey and that relationship developing stuff like Lori becoming um much more clean cut put together living the domesticated life cooking pies and stuff um Corey ending up killing people, sort of bonding with Michael in this in this uh, way that we've never seen before. That stuff it didn't really feel earned to me at the time. I couldn't I couldn't get myself there. I liked what the movie was doing, but I couldn't get myself to the point where I bought it. And now it's been a week, and I've been thinking about the characters and what happened, and um, what I can infer based on uh, what was in the movie and what wasn't in the movie. And I think that I mostly buy all of it at this point. And um, <laughs> another thing I really like about this movie that I think is a flaw of the trilogy, but it makes me like this movie more, is that it humanizes Michael, it makes him feel like a real guy to me, except I for a, there's a little bit of supernatural in there. But to me, it's 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 just an that interesting just like little blast of it. Um <laughs> But I think it humanizes him far more than Halloween Kills does. I, just, I, it, I disagree firmly. I want to hear about it, Mitch. Okay, well, um, keep going, keep going. But basically, this movie makes me like Halloween Kills even less, and I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, Because yeah. this feels like it... It feels like they tried the end of Halloween Kills where he really bulks up, kills the whole town, uh, goes back to the this bedroom window that Laurie has said he's wanted to go to this entire time. It's not all about Laurie. He wants to go to this bedroom window. He's a killer. He can rise up from being stabbed and beaten. Um, 
And so I thought that this movie was going to explain all that or at least push it forward. And I don't think it really does that. Um, And I like it more because I didn't like that direction that Halloween Kills was going in. Um, So I feel like the trilogy isn't as connected as I as I thought it would be. Um, But in terms of this movie by itself, um, and how it relates to other parts of some of the movies like 2018. I think it's very satisfying. The One of the main critiques I've heard of this movie is that um, it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. It introduces a main character we've never seen in a last movie where we're supposed to get a big showdown with Laurie and Michael. And the way that I've been able to reason that in my head is that Halloween kills was that I know Lori was in the hospital for a long time, but um, when it comes down to it, Michael Myers is a killing machine. Lori Strode is uh, someone who um, was a bit crafty in the first movie, managed to get away from Michael, but I don't see Lori as like his arch nemesis who can, put up a fight with him every time. I think if the two of them were to come face to face in most circumstances, I think it's a, it's an easy battle. Um, and so I'm not all that interested in, uh, Lori versus Michael. Um, and I am interested in Michael killing people. And we got so much of that in Halloween kills. This feels more like an epilogue to me as opposed to the, the entire climax this feels like we've seen what michael can do we've seen the effect that he has on this town we've seen the effect that he has on Lori and her family mentally and physically in physically in terms of he killed them and so i think this movie is a really cool approach that i've uh, I can't think of many other franchise installments that do stuff like this um, maybe like Friday the 13th 5 has an has a someone donning the Jason mask. Uh Jason goes to hell, takes away Jason Voorhees for for a good chunk of it. Uh Halloween 3 with with not having any of those characters and this sort of borders on that. It, you know, it's not that far, but I almost it borders on it, it and went, I really like it. I wish it went further with its own premise though. Like I agree. I, I a couple of days after I saw it I was talking to a couple other people that had seen it and I said, I think they should have quadrupled down and just left Michael in the sewer halfway through. I agree. I, I would have liked if Corey could kill Michael in that sewer and he becomes the new Michael. Yes. Yes. Um, I I would have loved that. That's why I was a bit mostly deflated. I felt like, and my partner, Brianna, she felt the same way as well. She loved the opening, really loved the first half, loved Corey. And it felt like to her um, and to me a little bit, uh, but to a lesser extent, that they ended up going back to where they knew they had to be in the last 20 minutes and had Lori versus Michael. And it means they don't fully stick that landing. Like, there's a lot of stuff with the movie that I like, but I do agree with your assessment that by the time it gets back to tying up that loose end with Lori, it's it's weird to say that the final Halloween movie is tying up a loose end with the protagonist of most of the movies um, in one way or another. Um, but 
yeah, by the time it gets there, because it's paid so much attention to something else and something that I think makes for a more interesting interpretation um, than just it's Michael killing people and whatever, like, I think that the decision that it almost commits 100% to but doesn't to make this, like, discussion that it's having around evil conceptual rather than direct like it's not just yep michael myers is evil and we're here to conquer that and then the world will be good it's like no like he's he sucks and he's bad but you can see how you know the material circumstances of somebody's life can push them into situations where they do bad things Mm. and i think that that is an interesting thing to do and I, I think that's more interesting of an argument to make at the end of your slasher trilogy than just like, if you want to have a big thematic point, I'd rather you do that than what Halloween kills was doing, which is just like grasping at nothing where, because they've taken new, a new character and put a lot of thought, I feel like, and this is actually kind of a series. I don't particularly want to give a ton of credit to in terms of the writing. I feel like it's lacked quite a bit, but in I a general <laughs> yeah well and like and again i don't want to say this movie's perfect i don't think that but um what i do like is that it's it's deciding to make the movie about something that feels as liam said realer and it's not that i need it to be grounded because i don't and i like the idea that michael myers will rip his hand out from being pinned to a table with a knife and still try to murder somebody because he's just built different but i i am fascinated by this i think the Corey performance goes really a w- weird kind of places like trying to get a read on him when he's sort of going michael myers mode a little bit and is like he's like jumping off a building now and he gets like hard to read. Like, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there and you still get some more classic kind of sequences, like the one with the doctor and the nurse and they're going to go fuck. And then not so fast, but, um, I think what it comes down to with some people's anger is when they say this isn't what a Halloween movie is. I would encourage the just to think like, okay, then what is a Halloween movie? What does this movie lack that every other Halloween movie has? Because I don't think it's as clear cut an answer as some people are saying it is. My my conflict is you guys have talked a lot, I, I but mine is is just yeah. the fact that it's overwritten. Um, I think you're you're talking about all like these ideas and like Michael and the sewers and like he he plays this thing and he feels more grounded and he feels more real. Firstly, I don't think that he does. I think he feels almost more supernatural and more surreal coming from the series. In fact, you don't even really I think it even gives you a reason to doubt that he even exists or that he exists in the main character's mind. There's a lot of, a lot of ambiguity there. That's kind of cool though, um, isn't it? That's, like... that's that's fine. That's interesting, I guess. Um it it's sort of the fact that it leaves room for debate, I think feels further away from the like original franchise um but i think i these halloween movies about like about evil and the nature of evil and if you stare into the abyss long enough it stares back at you and evil that exists as an external force threatens the well-being of the tribe 
Survival depends on an understanding and awareness of fear of physical threat and of our daily lives. The Did other kind of evil lives in, lives inside of us like a sickness or an infection. It's more dangerous because we may not know we're infected. It's just like this completely overwrought bullshit. It's just like when I want to go and see Halloween, I just want like a, I don't want this. I don't want this sort of like thing that's sort of grappling with these themes in a kind of an amateur way. Um, it, it just, I don't think that the characters are interesting and I don't think that like it really warrants this kind of a treatment. Um, I, I think that like this movie is, is just really getting high on its own farts. Um, like just wafting them. And I, I like this movie stinks and I, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> so um, I have a question. Okay. Fire away. Is there, I, I agree that not every, cause I think, I was alluding to it earlier, but I do think that horror in general has a bit of a problem right now. And part of that problem is that it feels like every movie is circling back to being about like the same three themes. We want to elevate like it has- our horror. Yeah. It's, th- this does feel like a bit of a byproduct of the yeah. elevated horror moment. Yeah. And I don't dispute that. I agree completely. I just, what I wonder is, do you think that, there is something to be said for trying. And the reason that I ask is because if this were just a movie that were very straight ahead, like, yeah, Michael Myers is here and they kill some stuff and there's a final confrontation and that's it. Like, would it feel rote? Like, I th- would it, I think feel it feels boring? I think currently it feels uh, <laughs> like overwritten. Um, like, right. It- in the sense of like, oh, Michael Myers has this metaphysical and spiritual power over the mo- town. The movies have been saying that and, forever, though. Like that's not new to this. Uh, it's been. It feels sort of new to like the, I guess, to the last three. Maybe it's, I. It isn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, he keeps coming back, so maybe not. Um, he was in a mystical cult in the Paul Rudd movie. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but to me, I just. Yeah, I, I just, I just like, kind of hate what it's become, and like this sort of like everything is dealt in like a. I don't want to say like a, I'm I'm at a loss for words. I want to say it's like a like an allegory, but kind of like he takes on like this sort of like larger than life, like it's like a super evil force. And I think the thing that made Michael Myers great was the fact that he was just a shape, and you you didn't really know that much about the like the nature of 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 his evil other than the fact that he just was i guess evil but they they kind of stretch that evil and kind of make it like this permeating evil that makes people like like do things and they 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 write this kind of an evil into like a into a corner into a way that i just don't think is is like all that interesting it feels overwritten to me and i just yeah. like it's not it's not what i go to a halloween movie for it just feels kind of shallow and i really don't think the performances or the writing is like heady enough to to kind of like carry those themes and um i don't think the performances are really nuanced enough either um the the bad news i have for you is that most halloween movies are like that (laughs) i know i know and um but i just i kind of hate like these these newer it sounds like you like halloween one i do and then not anything after that yeah (laughs) but that's that's fine i'm just like um liam liam go you're trying to get well, in. Yeah. Well, even then, I feel like a lot of the stuff that 
this movie and and other Halloween movies are building on is is there in the original. And I think that there's after the original, if you're gonna do a sequel to it, I think there's nowhere else to go but to build on this stuff that that is already there and hinted at. Like in that original movie, I mean, you got Loomis running around mm. town the entire time talking this dude up as if he's not just uh, literally evil. That's true. He, like, he's not just a random killer. He's he's evil. I looked into his eyes and I saw he was evil, and I had to make sure he stayed inside. And then and then you've got the teacher teaching Laurie's class a lesson about fate and uh so it it brings into this concept of um of uh michael being a greater force and then at the end of course your great stinger when michael gets shot a bunch of times and falls off a balcony and then he's gone like uh no mortal man could survive that and he's gone so i think what that first movie leaves you with um is everything that this movie and a lot of the other Halloween movies sort of have to fill in because it's already there. And I think that this movie, I think this one, much more than Halloween Kills, does a better job at retaining what I think is scary about that idea um, that this dude might be supernatural, but maybe not. He might just be a guy. Um, I think this movie maintains that ambiguity. I think that the only supernatural bend to this one is when we have those scenes where Michael grabs on to um, Corey and they sort of zoom into Corey's eyes and Michael's eyes. And they even do it with Lori at one point. And there's some sort of flashbacks to uh, violent moments in their lives. And so there's this idea that was Michael um, a vessel for some sort of evil force that literally got transferred from him like a conduit to Corey or I, I don't think you have to read it that way either. I think the movie um, also does a lot of work to explain that if Michael is just a normal dude, um, then it's possible that his evil doings, not his, you know, no sort of spiritual evil, but just his evil actions have had an effect on this town and have now made Corey, who has also had tragic things happen to him or in other people's eyes he's done something tragic Mm. just like michael uh how that could then turn him into a killer i understand what you're saying i just think like where you're saying that the original kind of leaves a foundation for you to kind of build upon right but i think the the, they've built too much upon it and it kind of just all comes crashing down um it's it's a horribly bloated movie. I think it wants to do too many different things at once. It introduces all these auxiliary characters, which is always kind of a problem with slasher movies, I think in general, because you need someone to kill. But um, like Martine. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I don't think of that as a problem. That's a massive asset to me. Slashers. Um, I love it. I don't know. I just, this is not the movie for me. I, I was not entertained really by it. I think it, it started strong, and then I, I just thought I just got really bored with like the relationship and how did it t- how did it ties the legacy characters to. Um, I'll I'll concede that I don't think this movie has any idea what to do with Lori at all. Yeah, uh, or by I, the end, I think certainly. Michael and and uh, what's his face, Corey. Yeah, but that's not a legacy character. 
No, but Michael's a legacy character. Right, but Corey isn't. But what I mean is like, yeah. what I mean specifically is that I don't know if this is a particularly satisfying conclusion as it is being framed as, oh, this is about Lori. That, that her, like, like compactor effect where he, they put Michael in oh the my, garbage compactor okay. is, is fucking great. I will, oh, I loved oh, it. I was going to say that that was giving me Halloween Kills vibes a little bit. That was the one thing that I was is, like, why, I think why, the effect why are itself, we doing this? The, like the, that whole like procession to the garbage compactor is kind of stupid, but the the effect itself of <sighs> him going yeah. into it is great. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I guess it's Halloween Kills vibes in that it's showing something very graphic, um, but I love the effects in Halloween well, I, Kills. I meant like, oh, do we mean the effect? Like the like the special effect? Like I the assumed. Gore? Yeah. Oh, I meant like th- it as part of the movie. Like it, like narratively. And I'm like, oh, I narratively, think it's, it's dumb. I'm like, as fuck. I think it's stupid. It's all it was, yeah. it was giving me Halloween kills in that, like, why is a whole town walking in a solemn com- uh, procession to throw a guy's body in a fucking car compactor? <laughs> this, this movie has a lot of that. Like, there's there's lots of shades of that. It, but it does, like, try and get away from that. But I still think it, it has a lot of Halloween kills feels. I think that, I that's. Think that's true, Corey, that it does feel like Halloween kills narratively as well. And I guess that would be um, I, I would give a point to Halloween kills for prepping me because it didn't feel as ridiculous to me because um, it had been here. Before. The, well, the movie had established that that's something that I truly believe this town would do. You know, they post out on social right. media. Yo, we finally got Michael. I believe that like this town would have arranged that if we ever have Michael, we're having a fucking procession. Everyone has to go we got to make sure he's there's dead. a facebook we're group. gonna take him to the local trash compactor so i bought it i loved seeing my man julian at the procession and in terms of the effect i thought it was amazing the big and hysterical is funny I, and i i loved it as a um as a send-up to other slasher movies that kill the slasher villain and then they always come back and other slasher movies have kind of done this too child's play three chucky gets all all cut up but you know in some of the halloween movies they've finalized michael's death in h2o they decapitate him and then resurrection finds a way to backpedal that and so i thought that this was a good way to make it really hard to uh for anyone to explain uh, how Michael survived this because you literally see him in the trash compactor as a human man just getting ground up. I thought it was awesome. It brought him back from like crazier, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Buster Rhymes lit him on fire and kicked him out of a window. <laughs> Kentucky fraud, motherfucker. God. Mitch, have you seen that one? I have. I saw it late night on a Halloween night uh, on TV. Legendary film. In the basement when I was drinking Dr. Pepper and Southern Comfort, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and you were feeling no Southern Comfort that evening. I declare. Southern discomfort. Yeah. Um, first of all, actually, one thing I want to mention, I, th- uh, I find it fascinating that this movie uh, had an epilepsy warning. Because I feel like I've definitely seen movies with similar levels of flashing that did not have epilepsy warnings. Oh, in my theater, I didn't see a warning, and I wish that there, I had. There was a warning on the poster and before the movie. <laughs> oh, we didn't get that much at, at my theater. In, what theater? Uh, Carling. Oh, weird. Mine was a Cineplex, too. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Well, never mind. I thought the movie had it, like, baked in, and I was like, oh, that was kind of neat. Um... So I guess what I want to ask then, because I don't know how much Mitch is going to have to contribute to this if it didn't work for him, but 
how do, how do we feel about like I think the thing that's worth addressing like there's two key like narrative things I guess worth worth addressing one is like the Corey Allison relationship and the other one is like what Lori's getting up to so like Liam how'd you feel about how that the Corey Allison angle like grew and then he has like he has to argue with like ex-boyfriends like it's fucking Scott Pilgrim but um at immediately when it started and it starts right away you know there's no subtlety this the second that that allison sees Corey, she's She's like she's biting her bottom lip and she's giving him the eyes Um, and i mean who isn't (laughs) a lot of people actually people don't like this guy i love a weird guy covered in blood Um, and so I thought it was, it was laying it on a bit thick, a bit like sitcom-y, um, in terms of, you know, Tommy. seeing, seeing a hot guy <laughs> and they're all, all, someone's already into him. But I actually thought as, as the movie went on and she made it clear just how into him she was and how important it was for her to be into a guy like this, someone who, um, uh, it, it was when she gave the explanation where she said that she's known him for a long time. She's known of him, you know, ever since the accident happened. She's always sort of felt for him and she's seen him around town and stuff. I was thinking, okay, that makes sense to me. This is a small town. You build people up in your mind. Um, you know, she's already decided that the g- dude is attractive. So um, really her mind was made up that she liked him uh, because of how he looked of course but more importantly how uh, what he had been through and the way that the rest of the town was seeing him and how she has seen that happen with her grandma um, or her grandmother as she would say and now how she's seeing that happen with herself um, it is weird that she just says grandmother yeah I think it's, she's it's I think formal. she's over it in this movie she has it, it was a her contact name in 2018 and now she, her, the contact name for uh, Jamie Lee's Kurt is, is just Lori so I guess she's yeah. over it now we're um, adults now and like her her high school boyfriend got offed by Michael Myers like she never got closure maybe that was her first relationship um, and so I, I really kind of feel for this uh, early 20 something that hasn't really got a chance to uh live on her own live outside of the shadow of what people have told her that she is and so she sees this guy who is complex and um or she perceives him to be complex and uh um feels empathetic towards him and uh so i totally get that feeling of making up your mind that you're into someone before you even know them you're just into the idea of them um and so I liked watching that happen and wondering how far that was going to go, you know, as he's get going down a darker and darker path and eventually killing people. I'm thinking, is is Allison going to be OK with this? Like, literally, like I was wondering if it's going to be a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Um, and so I I quite liked their relationship and I liked seeing more of uh Allison, because I think uh, she didn't get to do a whole lot in the last two. What did you think of that relationship, Mitch? Sorry, I'm, I'm assuming, muted. Um, I'm assuming he's going to say it was talk shit. Yeah, it was kind of ass. I, I hated it. I kind of hate all the relationships in this movie. None of them really do it for me. Um, I, I think I, part of it has to just has to do with the performances, right? Like, I, I didn't really invest in any of them. Um I, while I was watching this movie, I would have rather been doing literally anything else. Like this, this movie gets like a really low rating from me. That that's the only thing that's bumming me out is because I want to throw questions to you, and then I feel like you're just gonna go. Yeah, I thought it was bad. 
Well, and I'm just like, fuck. Well, I'm sorry, like, but no, 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 don't like. It is what it is. It's just like. I, yeah. I wish there was something redeeming for is there, you. Is there anything you can bring up, Mitch, that you liked about this, small or big? What I like music? I, I like some of the kills, I guess. Uh, I like the way that it started with that, that sort of... Um, right, you like the opening, fair. I like the opening. I think that had legs. Um, he, Jeremy, does not anymore. Yeah, uh, Jeremy hated the opening. He hated. Um, I think we said Jeremy hated having legs. But yeah, no, I, I nothing really did it for me here. This is a this is a, a real stinker to me. Like a, I think there's Liam. There's one thing that we can agree with Mitch on. I think, if yeah. I may speak for us all, perhaps there is one kill of great missed potential. Right. If you'll indulge me. Mm-hmm. So Corey is driving a a tow truck, right? He's at his that gay, dad's. That gay kills Greg. We're, yeah. So, which kill, the, Mitch? The gate. The gate kill. Okay. Go so ahead, we're at the junkyard. There's these teens that are bullying him the entire movie. They literally throw him over a bridge at one point, which is the thing that introduces him to Michael Myers. You tell me if that's a little bit this on the nose for, for Jeremy. The, you you tell me if, if that's a little bit on the nose for introducing him to what might be the embodiment of pure evil. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he's like, I'm finally gonna get my Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance on these kids. Um, and also I'm dressed like Michael Myers. Uh, and he's driving this tow truck, and there is a girl trying to climb the fence to get away, and she gets tangled up in some barbed wire and just fails horribly, and gets absolutely dump truck plastered by this truck. That's and great. that's that's pretty bitching. However, um. The New Jersey ringleader of these teens, uh, with the shitty dad. When he shoots it, when he shoots the other kid's dad, when he shoots uh Corey's dad, that part's hilarious. Oh no, that was good. But the thing I'm setting up here, the thing that I think was a missed opportunity, is that that kid is like dying on the ground, and he gets a blowtorch out of the truck, and he like blowtorches his mouth, and like fire comes out of his head. Which is objectively sick as fuck and yeah. awesome and a great idea. However, why is it out of focus in the foreground while we are focusing on Margo's reaction? What the fuck? Show me the kid's head getting burned. Because I feel like this is for like Halloween is for like teenage. Like it's like they bloody kill and a child in the yeah. opening of the movie. Show me this kid's head getting but again, that's to out death. of focus too, and sort of like quick and choppy. And there's the- a lot of blood though. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that decision is out of uh, hesitance to show gore. I think it, it's it was just a dramatic decision to uh, really feel the the kill kind of emotionally to stick with the kid and um, just see enough in order to uh, feel the pain. And I and I've heard in some interviews people say the torch kill is is one of their favorites in the franchise and they love it and one of the best in the movie. I fell down. I fell in line with you, Corey. Um, I thought it was a great way to set it up. I. I I actually love the shot um but i and i and i and i uh, after the scene was over i just thought i wish we just saw a bit more of that certainly in order for me to say it's one of the best kills just because this movie had this movie and this franchise has shown a lot of really cool kills very graphically and i think 
it has not made them feel you know hokey or campy when they show it and sometimes that can be the case when you show practical effects um i think this movie is capable of showing really impactful and upsetting practical effects and so i would have liked personally to see a bit more of that torch kill uh but i think this movie has plenty of other really cool kills and like really unsettling imagery that is stuck in my head part of the reason i say i love this movie um is just like it, it is just kept playing in my head and while it's done that i've been thinking about the characters and liking that stuff more but besides that even more so than halloween kills this is just has like scary gore moments that i've been thinking about and so i just love it on that slasher level like some of the images that i keep thinking of is um um cory in the scarecrow mask when he's stabbing the shit out of the doctor um when the 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 chick that the doctor um is banging uh, yeah wanders out of the house in the darkness and you can kind of see Corey in the background in the shadows stabbing the doctor but you can't tell what it is or who it is and then we kind of see from her perspective she looks and we get a clearer shot but it's still quite dark of him straddling the doctor from behind and stabbing him over and over and then when he sees her he kind of like stumbles pushes himself away from the body like he just got caught and i think that felt so realistic to me as in like this dude has finally let himself go um and he's getting revenge and he um and he's doing it for allison you know this is the boss that has wronged her but he's also getting some sort of pleasure out of doing it but he's not totally snapped he's not an emotionless michael myers he's not a machine he still felt like a guy to me in his body language and in the brutalness of the way he was stabbing him that really stuck with me did that scene stick with you guys at all do you think any way about it yeah kind of dog shit <laughs> what about you Corey? i dug it i thought it was cool um i i agree with a lot of what you said i do like that there's a progression in how he's approaching it and you can see that like he was just sort of pissed off but not like just a killing machine it was just a dude who was really pissed off he's pissed and he's like also like kind of scared because he hasn't he's really done this he's before scared, and i think he's scared that he's like having a good time <laughs> yeah and so and then when you get to the junkyard and he's dispatching these bullies he's got michael's mask he's more confident he's also more confident because he knows where he stands with these kids these little fucks he's down to just annihilate them and then to follow that up i loved that junkyard scene seeing all of them get got in different ways and then um he does the radio dj where at this point he's totally confident with like killing people and like getting gross about it um he cuts the dj's tongue out well he and, talks too much oh my gosh and then you see the tongue on the record going and his progression um just the more I think about it, the more it is like affecting me emotionally. Like it feels to me like um, it could actually happen. Like I, I watch a lot of like true crime interviews and stuff with uh, people who have murdered people. Um, not, not, and I'm not talking like serial killers. I'm talking like teenagers who just, who, who ended up killing someone. And 
you know, a lot of times uh, these are people who uh, you hear from other people and you also hear from the way that they talk about their lives and you learn about their lives that it's not like these people are destined to be killers and they have always wanted to kill someone. A lot more people than you would think are capable of killing people uh, brutally. Um, And so to follow the Corey character from the very beginning um, and think about uh, you know, the fact that he, he even yelled at this kid and said, I'm going to kill you. And of course, that's sort of an innocuous thing. But then you learn about Corey's home life and uh, this abusive mother he has and a dad who who cares for the, him but doesn't stand up for actor. him. I think so, too. Yeah, really good. I thought sh- she felt so real as a as a subtly manipulative and an abusive parent. And so he's not coming from the best place. He's got this anger inside him. This isn't just uh, Michael Myers has has turned this good kid has entered evil, the chat, you know, so it, it really stuck with me. And uh, so I, I loved seeing his kills and, and the effects that came with it. Like exci- it excited me way more than just seeing michael myers kill people in a like a a slasher greatest hits reel of of different cool kills i was so much more interested in Corey than i have been in michael myers in in most of the other movies i also think it's telling that we're spending so much time talking about Corey and not lori (laughs) like i do just think that that is the one thing where if people are going to be mad at the movie and that's why I kind of forgive that. I see why that you might be mad. I don't feel like, like by the time we're getting to the point in the movie where Lori Strode is like millimeters from putting a gun in her mouth as a bit, apparently a bit stupid. Um, I feel like we haven't done a lot to, I mean, I know there's two other movies where a lot of, bad shit happened but i feel like if people want to complain that it overemphasizes Corey to the detriment of having a conclusion to that thing that's being billed as the marquee i can understand that because i do i do not know if i'm like a hundred percent sold on what they're doing with the lorry and the conclusion of it all i don't really think that i am um that was kind of a vague point that I'm making, but I, that I'm just sort of like, I'm not sure that they necessarily had. I think they have a much better idea of what to do with Corey and with Michael Myers than they do with what to do with Lori, I guess is my overall point. Yeah. It, it feels like what they're doing with Lori is basically um, laid out from the beginning. And then you've just got to have her hang around until the end. When, when Michael shows up, um, a lot of the work for Lori seems to have been done in between movies because she's in such a different place than she was left um, after Halloween kills. You know, she has, I suppose, consciously decided to approach grief differently. Um, And uh, she is trying to be a, a proper, grandmother to allison and not be estranged the way she used to be she's trying to cook pies and she's she's trying to move on because clearly um being a singularly focused uh killing machine ready for michael wasn't working for her and so when we set her up and establish that she's dealing it by writing with this memoir i i was thrown off at first because i felt like we hadn't done the work to get her there but then i i thought that i don't actually want to see a movie 
where she does the work to get mm. there. I, I can I can buy that she's she's arrived at this place, um, and I like that she's the one who introduces Corey to Allison. I think that's a a nice character moment that she's she's looking out for Allison and she's also being empathetic to this idea that um, um, Corey is. Uh, is perhaps a pariah going through similar things that she's going through. She's not writing him off as just a, a dude who who killed the person uh, that he was babysitting. And then there's there's a bit of conflict that comes, you know, as as he goes down a darker path. And I uh, I, I I was all right with that sort of being Lori weaving in and out of that the story that way. I I don't think there's much else to do with her i mean either the first movie is about lori or or it isn't you know and and to me the first movie isn't isn't really about lori i think she's mostly a blank slate and and she has become this this huge character because of the decades that have passed and how much we've watched that those that movie but at the end of halloween kills you know frank tells her that this this wasn't about you michael isn't after you you guys aren't siblings in this timeline he doesn't care about you and so if that's the case um what is there for Lori to do in this movie? We've already seen her be focused on killing Michael. We, we already gave her her movie in 2018. This time, I think it's all right. This is an epilogue. She's going to take a bit of a backseat. Um, and I still think she gets some nice moments to, to shine. Um, and I think she's a, ho- a lot less quippy in this movie. Um, not in terms of making jokes, but just in terms of kind of like uh, making smart jabby remarks i think she she feels softer in this movie and, and feels less rote and i want to uh, go see the cherry blossoms baby yeah i like that and then here's some kale and, and carrots hope that takes your mind off the trauma let's go see the cherry blossoms i'm old I <laughs> he is old you're right you're so and right i just He's... came back for the end i haven't played much of a role in this movie but i'm one of the many auxiliary characters <laughs> <laughs> He did feel very like he forgotten about Frank. It did feel like that a little bit. Um, so we've done a lot of narrative unpacking. Yeah, we have not done a lot of technical unpacking. So in terms of like uh, you know cinematography, editing, presentation, yeah, music, it's all fun. Okay, it's all fine. <laughs> well, that's nice. Hey, that's not negative. <laughs> fine isn't negative. Fine. Totally fine. Uh, how do, I guess I'll start with like this. You know, we got Johnny C and the boys back for the score. You guys big John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, Daniel oh, yeah. Davies music guys? Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Uh, I don't I don't really think about it. Um, I haven't listened to any of the scores in isolation. Um, but I certainly like the themes in, in, the, in the Halloween movies. And I... I think I noticed that it's a lot more reserved in this movie. We don't really get the Michael Myers signature Halloween theme. There's a few times where it's sort of hinted at and, and pops up briefly, but it's not it's not uh, overused. And some might even say it's underused. But I didn't think I didn't find it to be uh, missing. I wasn't I wasn't wanting for it. Um, I think there's a, a lot more just songs in this movie. 
Um, yeah. And, and most also, most of them I liked, but Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, that I, was a little corny. I, I, I rolled my it's eyes. So fucking yeah. dumb. There, like, ah! there should there should be a moratorium on putting that song in movies. I know. Like it was yeah. in X this year. Like you guys couldn't have changed like, it. I get that it was in the original. I get it. Year. But and even when I saw it in X, I was like, oh god. Yeah, I rolled my eyes at X for that too. Can we just get like a cover of the song by a different band? Can we get God, anything? Man. Like, can we get a version of that song by like an art punk band with like 40 synthesizers and they're like scream talking the lyrics? That might even feel worse to me, honestly, just because I, I would I would listen to it. Um, but I think uh, you're in like, a movie, I'm musically compelled, but I don't need it in the movie. Yeah, because I would just be like at that point, like if you want to use Don't Fear the Reaper, just just commit. Like we're not going to think that you're uh, it's it's not going to be um more interesting because you were like oh everyone's using this song so i'll use a slightly different verge i would say just pick a more interesting song is where i would come down on it yeah that's fair i um i would encourage anybody who's enjoyed the scores of these movies to check out the john carpenter cody carpenter daniel davies albums um john carpenter has three albums called the lost themes there there's one two and three um they're all great. Uh, Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies worked on both of them, although I believe they're all just categorized as John Carpenter albums. Uh, they also re-recorded a bunch of the themes from his movies. There's an album called Anthology, and it's like John Carpenter movie themes. I actually have that on vinyl. Uh, it's pretty cool. I would encourage people to check those out if you like the updates to the music that they're doing. Um, for some reason, I went through the effort, just as a quick anecdote, of buying that record in Paris and then having to get it home without breaking it. In hindsight, I don't know why I did that. Because <laughs> that's just you've, you've you've created a lot of variables where really there were no variables if you oh, just what? bought it in a normal store. <laughs> it was the same store, Mitch. I bought you that fucking Visconti Blu-ray Hell that is yeah. unwatchable because it's region wide. <laughs> I have seen the film before, though, so it's okay. Yeah. Um... What about the way that the movie was shot? It's fine. I don't think that it's like that remarkable. Um, I, I think it, the movies generally look good. I think it, it looks good. I think it just looks like every kind of higher budget horror film that comes out today, right? It's sort of an invisible style, right? I think there's a little bit more to it. Uh, I think that these I think, movies... I think it feels maybe a, a little 80s nostalgia, especially in the romance sequences and the way that the synth comes in. Um, in the way they're shooting the motorcycle rides, yeah, and how sort of fanciful that is, but, and and his stupid fucking shit eating grin while he's on it, yeah. Um, oh, God forbid somebody have fun. No, no, no one's allowed to have fun <laughs> in my Halloween. Um, I will say I do like how they the way that they shoot their like really far like telephoto shots where it's like you're looking for something in a background that's like really far mm. away and it's kind of shaky i've mm. always thought those were really effective and they're and really more than anything, it's like they're maintaining the style these movies have had the whole time and i generally think yeah. it's good like my favorite part I'm no about sort of movie, technical genius my but. favorite part about this movie is when the things on tv <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> just made got a little taste of watching a different I can't movie believe was, you, uh, i can't believe you hate this to almost halloween kills i i got really it i got i got to admit um that's I, crazy i wonder what it would be like and i don't want to call you out mitch um but i wonder what it would be like if mitch saw this in the theater i wonder if it would have helped at all might have. it might have might have 
Not, Granted, um, I saw Halloween Kills in a the theater with no one else in it, and I spent the whole time looking around the room confused, yearning for someone else to be in the room to give me the look where they agreed that the movie was horrible. Uh, <laughs> and I never got that. I saw this one on my only day off, like after being like burnt out and on like the afternoon an afternoon when I yeah, you maybe weren't in an out. ideal movie you, you might have quarried it you might have quarried this one. this yeah. is your innocence maybe obviously those movies are of equal quality and should be directly compared Mm-mm. obviously <laughs> not even close bro no they're basically the same except this movie's better because it's in color and it has Don't Fear the Reaper at the end. And Imagine if The Innocents the- did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I kind of hate that song. Me the too. I, not yeah, great. I the don't even like it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of hate so that it fucking just, song. It, it bums me out when it's in movies. That song is the fucking... La, 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 la. That song is fucking absolute doo-doo ass. I fucking hate that song. Yeah, finally something we can all agree yeah. on. Yeah, and that wasn't any better seeing it in the theater, I'll tell you that, Mitch. Um, I w- can I say, when I was watching the th- in the theater, there was two people in the far back right corner, and Lori is like putting a gun up to her head, and somebody just goes, do it! <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I, and I'm only surprised because there was only like 10 people in the theater. I'm like, damn, I'm, there's so few people here, and you're still choosing to yell? Like... <laughs> I think that's kind of sweet. I probably would have shouted it too. <laughs> I love seeing horror movies and people are just vocal. Um, yeah, I think it would have been... I, I wish Mitch had seen this in the theater because this would have been the first time on the podcast we watched a movie that one of us didn't finish because they got up and left. Mm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That would be interesting. I wonder what part. Mitch, what part would you have left at if you if you could leave? Uh how long would you have made it? Hmm. I probably would have left like maybe uh like before the cop gets killed, I think. So like really? I was I was already done with this movie. That's like, pretty early. I was done with this movie fifty minutes in. I was I was bored to tears. Before the cop gets killed. Interesting. Damn. What but, so what what did you guys think of the way they actually handled the character of Michael Myers there? Like killing the cop where uh Corey has to hold him while Michael kills him. Michael kind of gets his strength back. Uh he gets his mask wrestled from him by Corey. Like a lot of people are mad about this. What do you guys think about, about mad about that? it? Why? Because it is weakening Michael Myers. Um, oh, those people are being fucking pussies. Yeah. That's a stupid reason to be mad. Um, and I'm not going to back down from that because I think having, if your reverence toward Halloween and Michael Myers is based in a, he's big and powerful and cool and kills people. And that should be constant. It's like, you're just a weirdo. Like, that's never really been the point. Like, I think to say that it's like emasculating Michael Myers to take his want to see Michael Myers is fucking stupid. Like, I I want his feminine side. That's not even it. Like, that's not even what I mean. It's just like, that's a stupid thing to be mad about. Yeah. In my opinion. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Go be mad about something that matters, like in your real life. 
Yeah, I, I I liked the approach. I was confused by it just because it was coming from Halloween Kills and it seemed so antithetical to what they were establishing. Like, I get that he still got beat up and so I guess he's nursing like these stab wounds and it's been, it's been four, four years. years and so he's he's gotten weak, but it still doesn't quite seem to align. Like, I would think that, that the Michael Myers from Halloween Kills would keep killing people, wouldn't hide out in the sewer, and at least would kill that homeless guy outside to like get some of his power back or get his mojo or something. Um, yeah, he pretty much did, comes after he kills that cop. He does, yeah. He does and I, I like that, man. Yeah. I thought that was that was cool. I like Who among they, us has not come after killing a cop? <laughs> <laughs> Maniac cop for. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, like... I, I liked it, and I'm finding that um, not having an allegiance to some of what other people find are pillars in this franchise is is sort of helping me out. Like, I don't have an allegiance to Laurie Strode. I thought she was going to die, for sure. My predictions yeah, last that. week yeah. were so wrong, um, I did and, think I, and I'm it glad was weird they were that she lived. I, did, I was surprised as well. I was like, oh, that's it's weird to draw the line there. Yeah, and I I actually thought it was it was kind of sweet, even though I'm I'm not that interested in her, and I and I uh, like like I I probably would have preferred she died, and in fact I would have preferred that Corey became the new Michael. So I don't have an allegiance to Michael either. Um, I I just like veering off in these different stories. If anything, my favorite part of the franchise is probably just the, the town of Haddonfield, like this idea of, of a small town where uh killings happen well that's um, one of the reasons that, that sort of f- makes the movie feel overwritten to me <laughs> what do you mean i feel like it sort of belabors like oh and the town reacted this way and this way and every twist and turn you kind of take the temperature of the town and and it just it becomes too much okay yeah i get that i think that if anything though it's probably the most um consistent uh topic throughout this this new trilogy um in in 2018 and kills it sort of ends up being about the town and the town's reactions i don't Um, like that and so so i i'm okay with that but you know what would what would your ideal focus for following uh following up that original be there um like the original Halloween. Yeah, I don't. I don't Does mean to put you on the like, spot. Like, and like, I don't even know um, if it. I don't even know if it needs a follow up. I, I think John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. I think John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were correct in not really wanting to make one. Yeah, and then not wanting to make a third one so hard. The movie is just unrelated. Yeah, like I don't. I don't really think that it needs one. But we're just here and we have them. And I'm just like not really that down with the franchise to begin with. Um, and I think that's my problem is that I have this predisposed. Um, the prejudice against the pre- and okay. Liam, it's just you're like the principle. O- and Liam, you're the opposite. You're like I could watch a thousand movies of Halloween's. Yeah, and I'm in. Right, I, you've yeah. said that on the podcast. I think multiple times. Yeah, I, I could. And um, if I liked Halloween even more, maybe I wouldn't feel that way. If this was more my franchise, um, I, I like it the appropriate amount. It, it seems like it, man. Uh, whereas, um. You know, I'm still at the point where I feel like I could watch countless Scream movies, but even then, I don't even love all the Scream movies, and I'm I'm kind of like, uh, you know, Scream would have been sick if it had, if it had just been one of them, uh, even though I love the concept and I'll keep watching it. So I do I do get the idea of uh, 
being attached to something and thinking that they should just um just leave it be uh i sympathize with that yeah that's that's my view on it i just think that they've like written this franchise into oblivion yeah they've also um, definitely done that several times yeah like oh like yes the 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 alternate version of this is the again i mention it again because it's a great parallel but is the cult of thorn movie well that's why that's why i mean they just call it the the reboot one halloween and then you've got a separate sort of trilogy right yeah so, so we're like, definitely everything else under the rug start from the original back to basics that's it so we're definitely getting another one right <laughs> yeah oh yeah halloween to definitely not end it's too profitable <laughs> I think so. I mean, my prediction was wrong last week, so what do I know? I think so. I think it'll be... It's it's tough to say, dude, because this one was so profitable. Um, there's no... It has to be Rob Zombie style. It, it's, like where you start it over again? Yeah, and just do... But like they gotta do something, because I have not seen that movie yet, but if I understand correctly, it goes to some places. Mm-hmm. Yeah? They yeah. just gotta go fucking wild, I think. I, I think, think they, so. I think they just gotta go bananas. I think so too. It's it's risky though. Like at some point, uh, people even love the biggest those Rob franchises. Ones. Is it that risky? No, dude. Pe- most people. Hate Everyone them. I follow on Twitter fucking loves those. Movies. You follow you follow cool people. The, the <laughs> other people will tell you that it killed the franchise, and in some ways oh. it did. I mean, there was a, a what a nine year gap between. Yeah. I have mostly heard good things about those. I know multiple people online that say that Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is like their favorite Halloween movie. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's 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 true. That the, there are those people, and I'm I'm in that boat. But um, I would argue you'd find even more people that say Halloween Two is bottom of the barrel. Last. I did see a screen cap from one of the two movies where like there's a woman riding a white horse or something, and I did get a little bit confused. I was like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, the white horse is the Corey. Of that movie. <laughs> the horse starts killing people yeah i think there will be another halloween movie i really don't know what approach they'll take because i think if you just do movies where michael myers is killing people um i think eventually that the well is going to run dry just in terms of financially you know i i get like well, i think uh, the well's run creatively dry mitch time. thinks the well has run dry but but they make money um but at some point i think they'll stop making money if that's all they do but also if you don't do that then maybe you're also not going to make the money because that's what people want to see. So I have no idea where they're going to go next, but I I think it, they're going to go somewhere and I'm what, stoked for it and I'm going to make prof- Mitch like, watch it. Creativity and the profitability of a movie often don't go hand in hand, right? I, I also think and when we're having a moment where we're also getting like reboot scream and like these have been going over very well, like I also I will say this, Based on and like also remake and not all of these were hits, but like even like Firestarter got that remake very recently. Like they're still really doing this. I think we are on the precipice, the precipice. of a new Nightmare on Elm Street. I think we're right there. Oh I yeah, right. I think I we think are right. so close to that now. Like Next it's been long maybe. enough. It's been long enough since the flop. Uh, all of these have been hits, and even original slashers like X and Pearl have been relative hits. Barbarian like, was tight. Barbarian, like I it's think not a slasher, but, but I, I mean, think between all of those recent movies and mm. also the success of the ongoing reboots of franchises, I think we are spitting distance. 
in from a new Nightmare on Elm Street. In terms of like the season of, of horror films that we've had, how do you think this film compares to what 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 other sort of new properties we've seen this year? I've only seen X and Pearl, um, so I don't know if I can totally answer because like I'm assuming you're like including Barbarian that and stuff, and I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, well, you can you can like. I mean, but like I, I know that there's been a bunch of good new horror this year. I haven't seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen X in Pearl, and that's basically it. Um, and I mean, I don't know. They don't feel super duper comparable. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I think um, I think this is a really cool horror movie to come out this year because I'm seeing a, a lot of weird um mainstream horror movies this year like mainstream horror movies that do what you think they do but then they kind of do it a bit differently smile would be one um barbarian and 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 pearl and x for sure um or even orphan first kill did that uh bodies 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 did it um Scream was actually a bit more standard, surprisingly. I would did, expect Did Scream anybody to here not see, be, see They Them? Did They Them do that too? No, I, I heard bad things and I shied away. Oh, okay. I was I really also, excited. For what for it's it, worth, though. I also heard extremely bad things and shied away. Yeah. yeah. Um, Has anyone seen Dark Glasses yet? No, no, but apparently it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I heard it's good. Yeah, apparently yeah. it's sick. If you guys want to go see it together, Is it we, we, we got to go see. Yeah, we gotta it, go see Terrifier. It's, it's it's coming to Mayfair, dude. I'm going. I'm planning to go to Terrifier tomorrow. If anyone wants to read, oh, what time? What time I is be, it at? I might be down. Um, I gotta see what Brianna's saying, but it'll be either a uh, six forty-five or a nine ten. I'm it's, there. It's playing at very few Actually, theaters. Fuck, at I'm there. Theaters. I think I might have promised to be carving pumpkins with Abigail. I don't know. Maybe I'm only Liam. I am. I said I. Shit. I said I would try, and yeah. I'm there. <laughs> cool. We'll let you know, Mitch. Uh, right, let me know. Let me know because I I would really love to see it. Um, I want to. I, we'll I want to. I want to leave that theater. <laughs> I want to mm. not finish. I want the movie to gross me out so bad I don't finish it. Yeah, make sure you bring your own ride. <laughs> yeah, make sure you bring your own barf bag. Apparently, but yeah, this is a really good year for horror. And mm. even not liking this movie, um, for for the people who don't like it, like I think it's it's true that this is just a, a strange entry in the franchise and for it to come out in this year with a bunch of weird horror i think this is gonna this is gonna go down as a banner year i also i saw a tweet that said this and i'd like to make an argument briefly in support of this tweet which i believe was from chris evangelista the slash film writer but i don't remember but i think it was him he said that i'm gonna attribute it to him because i'm pretty sure i'm right so i'm just gonna say for the sake of argument let's say he said it um he said that he thinks that Halloween ends is a great example of a movie that the horror community writ large will reconsider many years from now and realize it was better than they thought. Yeah, but it's probably true. We'll we'll do a uh, reconsidered podcast eight years from now. I think the critical consensus will uh, swing. Good luck getting me to go see it again. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think it will too. I think it's strange enough. I think um, it's happened with so so many of these films, like the what I mentioned earlier, films like uh, Friday Five. Um, think about all the movies we've Halloween gone to bat two. for too, right? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. They, and they just they swing back Halloween three, and you know even if you don't think that this movie is as good as as any of those, people are attracted to weird, even that's if just, it's not good. And so I think people will appreciate this movie. Yeah, that's just the wheel like of pop culture, right? I mean, yeah. even like the most like horrific, awful filth like becomes stylish and like likable like at later, you know, I like think. Maniac Cop. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's true. I'm well, just like Lucio Fulci again. movies, you know. Yeah, I fuck with Lucio Fulci, zombie. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Zombie two. Fuck yeah! Is that that fame sequel. Uh, Zom three. Zombie three. You guys are giving me ideas. Should I pick my movie for next week? Isn't it my pick? Don't do this to me. Oh, I hope you, so. You, you guys can't not know. I think it's mine. I, I believe it's I mine. I thought it was Liam's. Well, all right, well, if Corey thinks it's mine, it's definitely Liam's. I had the, I no, had no, the no. innocence, and then and then we watched what? Um, well, and then it was Corey picking Fright Night, and then we, we did oh, this as a group. This, this was a group choice. Oh, okay. So it's Liam. It's Liam. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So my pick... Um, even though it is still October for us and we're going to have to watch this movie in October and I, I hate to give us non-horror watching for the uh, the sanctity of the podcast and uh, for everyone else out there, um, I think it would be fair that I get us away from, from horror for now. Um, what? So I'm, I'm not going to pick a horror movie so that this comes out in November and we can all get, have a nice it's a, break. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's also not Christmas and I know I only have a few... You know, we're going to be in Christmas soon enough, so I just got to slip this in. Um, so I wanted something different than, than we've been doing recently. Um, and this movie, with apologies to Corey, because I don't think it's his thing, uh, but I uh, have this power, so I'm going to make him watch it anyway. Oh, no. I want to watch with you guys. Uh, why don't I stall a bit longer? The, the horror movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies came out in 2022. I really liked that movie. And it had an actress in it who I learned afterwards is in this movie that I want to pick. And that excited me. Um, so maybe that's also why I'm picking it. I want to watch Borat 2. I've already seen it. Borat oh. subsequent movie film. That's what I want. I saw it. This is going to fucking Sweet. hurt me, man. Is this is this is this a miserable like this. pick, Mitch, or are you down to watch uh, it again? I'm like not like dying to see it again, but I guess I'll oh, do it. Oh man, this is gonna kick my ass. This is gonna suck. <laughs> I'm excited. Movies I'm giving... like this make me really uncomfortable. Terrifier two and Borat two in one. I'd rather watch Terrifier. I'd rather do Terrifier. I bet. I bet. Uh, well, fuck. dude. Well, okay, wait. Are you guys both gonna see Terrifier two in the next week? I'd, I'd like to, but it, it just depends. I work so much and it's just like, oh, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want to fuck you over. But if you can, if you can watch it, I would be happy. In fact, I would be ecstatic to do a postmortem October episode and it comes out early November, but it's like October, the revenge and it's and we do Terrifier too. So, so how about, how about this? If Mitch and Corey sounds like Corey's down, um, but you know, if, if we can all see Terrifier too, We'll Before do that. next week, we'll do it, and if not, Borat Two will be in your feed. Yes, and that. for the record, just so people understand, like I'm, I'm gonna be fine. It's just like this kind of like the dramatic irony audience is in on it. Cringe humor uh, makes me really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, hmm. 
and Liam evidently knew that when he picked it. But... You, you've told me. Yeah, you've told yeah. me. I wanted uh, to do this when it was fresh, and then yeah. I learned that you weren't down. And so... I've intentionally never seen, like, I've never seen Borat or Bruno or New Borat You're or whatever the, fuck the other one he did was. You, you haven't no, even no, no. seen it. No, I'm not turning my nose up at it. I, him, I'm, I'm physically uncomfortable. It's a different thing. <laughs> He's got a phobia. It like like there are episodes of like sitcoms I can't watch because yeah, like, they do that. Doesn't the Office me. freak you out? Have you told me that the Office? Um, there, but there's I some of like it that does that I just like can't. I just can't do it. Like I'll just get up and leave because I'm just like like I would. I I have grown into somebody who is like much more comfortable with like the bloodiest shit than just somebody being cringe <laughs> like it's very weird like <laughs> fucking cringe yeah not, like um uh, i hope yeah. that terrifier 2 is both that would be amazing oh, and i know that i'm gonna eat my own words because liam has already told me that he does not think i would like terrifier 2 but it's got such a reputation going that i feel like i have to yeah and and it might blow us both away i mean i've seen reviews from people who didn't like the first terrifier which is all i have to base it off of that really yeah. love the second one but i i don't think you'd like the first one so yeah i just think that in saying it seems gutter ballsian i think the difference between them that i can interpret is that uh terrifier is at least trying to be something and gutter balls was not <laughs> <laughs> fair yeah depends who you ask i guess but fair yeah i guess if you ask the makers of gutter balls then probably not and if you ask people who think terrifier is stupid then maybe they would think that it's it's not but i'm gonna figure out what's up with this fucking clown guy should i watch terrifier first or just nah i i think it would be kind of awesome if you did just because i would know if i'm correct in what i'm assuming oh, wait, but I would, I would have to watch it before tomorrow night I don't well, think you, that's you possible. You wouldn't have to, but yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I think the only reason that wouldn't happen is because I, I don't have time to do that, right? Um, because I work all day tomorrow and it's almost 9 p.m. So unless like I got home, watched Terrifier, and then immediately watched Terrifier too without doing anything else, <laughs> that'd be kind of awesome. It would be kind of based. But I also have to. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It would be. Yeah, you're right. It was just you know people are saying this. Um. Are they? But, yeah, they are. Shall we hit the dusty trail? Should the podcast end? Yeah, I'm bro. gonna go. I'm gonna go get on my motorcycle that I have. Yeah, I, I've been playing Counter Strike for the last ten minutes. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> During the podcast? Only for the last ten minutes. During the podcast? Yeah, though? bro. Dude, do you have any fucking plugs? Then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. He's just okay. plugging a bullet into someone on Counter Strike. Are there bullets in Counter Strike? Yeah, know. it's a gun game. Oh, okay. Uh, Liam, do you have anything you want to plug? Be honest with me, Mitch. Did you did you play any Counter Strike while you were watching Halloween Ends? No, I didn't. I wish. <laughs> you, you could. You could have. I've played F one during movies. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, did you play F one during The Innocence? Be honest with me. No. Did I <laughs> briefly consider it? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I'm just kidding. You. No, the movie's far too good for me to do that. Oh, man, the game just crashed. Good. That's a Fuck sign. You. It wants us to do another hour on Halloween ends. Yeah, um, yeah I, have, I have a Twitter and letterbox. My username is Graham the Molo. Damn, okay. That was concise. Yeah, I don't have it written down or anything, so sometimes it's just how it comes out. 
I've got my Twitter and Letterboxd. It's at Mr. Corey Price. I've got a website with my other podcasts on it. It's uh, it's MortalCombatConquest.ca. There you can find this show. You can find MK Podcast, which I do with our friend Neil, which is all sorts of Mortal Kombat ephemera, various descriptions and sizes and shapes. And you can find Strat 2, which is my podcast that I do about Formula 1 with our friend Callum. That's also their Strat Damn. 2F1 on Twitter. They made another Strat? Yeah, there's a whole second one. There's like three and four even, too. There's like a we, whole series. We got a podcast about it. Yeah. That would be wild. God, I would love you guys to come on the fucking F1 show. I just don't know. Like, what about would that. we do? Would we like watch a race and then talk about yeah, it? Yeah. There's a race this weekend. There's a race next weekend. Huh. There's I don't know, I don't know f- what I could say. There's, I mean, it, I guess it would just be like a first time viewer's interpretation, I guess. Well, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a number of races because Brianna's parents are into it, but even well, yeah. still, I'm not able to pick up on like anything to talk about unless there's like a crash. There might be one. Mm. Yeah, I guess first time was unfair. First time where you're like watching with the intent of needing something to say after. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm assuming if it's just Brianna's parents, you're just like, yeah, the cars, man. Yeah. Mama vroom, vroom, baby. <laughs> um... Thank you all once again for listening to this episode. Have they made another one? Uh, it is Spooktober, by the way. I know we dialed down the Spooktober a little bit. We got a little carried away with something else, but that much was obvious. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's done been Halloween, bro. Uh, and we'll, f- we'll make sure you know it's Halloween if you check your podcast feed on Halloween day. Who could say? Who right? can say? Who could say? You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at they made another, which is all one word and on Letterboxd at Tamau. TMAO. Uh, you can, which is never, it hasn't been updated in like two years. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not that sorry. I've also recently forgotten to tweet. I'm sorry about that as well. I'm going to tweet tomorrow. That one he's actually sorry about. That one I am actually sorry about. I completely forgot about it for like three weeks and I'm like, that's not good for the brand at all. Uh, but you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Breaker, and everything else as they made another one. You can also reach us via TMAO podcast at gmail.com, which people haven't recently. And I would encourage you to do that if you ever think of anything uh, that you want to email our way. Uh, I really like it when we get emails. I think we all enjoy Wait, getting emails. Emailed? No, we haven't. Oh, okay. But I'm encouraging people to do it. All right. Uh, also, if you want to DM us or uh, anywhere you find those, I think that's generally okay. If you think Corey is wrong about Shepherd's Pie, let me know and I will surely pass it along. Yeah, as if I'm not going to hear about that. Uh, regardless, uh, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jay Dickinson, who, for what it's worth, is Mitch is completely on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is at Jade Sketches. <laughs> yeah, the, others are too, actually. But yeah, you know, I bet you know, 50, uh, uh, 50 actually. And I yeah, know, well, you know, me and me and the others are gonna go. Yeah. Uh, should I end this podcast with "Don't Fear the Reaper"? Don't yes, absolutely. <laughs> um. We'll catch you next time for a movie of some kind. On oh, they made another one? <laughs>